0: You're listening to The People's Wrestling Podcast with your host, Alan Bunker.
1: Yes, welcome to The People's Wrestling Podcast. It's episode 51 of The People's Wrestling Podcast. Um, and if you didn't hear last week's hashtag PWP50, go back and listen in the archives. It was a, a joyous celebratory episode. Um, this week, I'm joined by Aiden Bunker to my left. Aiden, how are you? I'm alright, just about recovered from the uh,
2: from the celebrations from last week's episode. We didn't celebrate the, particularly hard, did the we? The after party.
1: <laughs> Hashtag pwp 50 after party, you mean. Yeah, well, you know, you both left
2: my flat and I went to sleep. Yep,
1: that's how we party now. Uh, we're also joined on the phone by Matt Bumby. Matt Bumby, how are you?
0: Alright. <laughs> hey, come on guys.
1: Uh, Not nice, is it? No.
0: Come on, guys. Let's not let's not let's not bring the podcast down. So, after
1: you uh, attempted to hijack the ending of PWP fifty last week, Matt, have you? Uh... I didn't attempt. I actually did. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's true. Um, have you? You know, have you calmed it down on the profanity for this week?
0: I'm going to try not to use that profanity this week. I probably will use a profanity
1: this week. <laughs> you know me. Disclaimer: I probably will use profanity at some point. <laughs> Um, that's fair enough. But I won't
0: that's use fair. a C with
1: Good, good.
2: I feel like that should be my disclaimer whenever
0: I walk into work in the morning. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Um, right, so...
0: Oh, actually, no, we're going to be talking about Nia jax. Maybe I will use uh, it once.
1: Uh, yeah, I, f- I think it's unavoidable when when you talk about Nijax. Anyway, so, the, the, the week in wrestling. <laughs> 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 Thanks, man. Um, well, I guess this is a, a post- Survivor Series post takeover episode. So, um, we should really get into this week's wrestling action. Before that, though, Aidan, have you got a little segment for us? I do. It's time for
2: my. Moment of the week. So, this week, um, today we're recording uh, the 21st of 21st November. Of North. So. Take you back to just 365 days ago, quite easy to remember, nothing particularly big or special, but we saw the debut of the Riot Squad over on SmackDown. We did, yeah. The night after the debut of Absolution on Raw, which <laughs> Got featured the return of Page. Um, so that was all right. I've, I, I initially didn't really like them. As, I much preferred Absolution on Raw to Riot Squad on SmackDown, but I feel like moving to Raw has been good. Yeah, huh. definitely.
1: I, I think from a, stu- a superstar shake-up point of view, Probably the Riot squad Have been One of the perhaps, biggest, biggest Beneficiaries of the whole move
0: Beneficiaries Is that the Royal Yeah Royal I would
1: say so uh, yeah. Especially Riot. Yeah
2: And to be honest I feel like I feel like next year So to 2019 Could be a breakout year For I think Mandy Rose And Liv Morgan Yeah I think they
1: They seemingly have Quite big Plans for Mandy Rose. Whether uh, that's just a temporary thing, I don't know. But yeah, I think is one of the big upsides. She's the most talented in ring performer. But I feel like the amount of stock that Corey, in particular, puts in her when he commentates, is a positive sign. Mm. I mean, he, would, he wouldn't be allowed to talk about her in much way if she wasn't highly rated or at least
0: highly thought of. I also think if the iconics can get a little bit better in the ring. They would be amazing because they are so funny on the mic.
3: Yeah,
2: They're, they haven't particularly had a lot
1: of chance in the ring. Yeah, they just get squashed most of the time, don't they? Yeah.
2: But um Yeah, it's, it's yeah I think I, I wonder what Corey Graves' wife thinks about the way he talks about Magic
1: <laughs> Rose. <laughs> I've never actually seen Corey's wife. I I'm sure imagine she's heavily tattooed and alternative looking.
0: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well he goes ape shit about her on oh, you can see, I'm already easy. Uh, he goes ape shit about her on Tuesdays Smackdown and then loves Alexa Bliss on Raw as well
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, just by spirit
0: animal
1: moving on from that then Aiden have you got any more
2: yes. yeah so I only got one more this week a bit different
1: this one it's a
2: little bit different who who here likes video games I do oh I do well you'll be glad to hear well I don't actually you probably won't care
1: <laughs> it'll it make you feel old
2: Yeah, on this day, 18 years ago, so in the year 2000, WWF Smackdown 2 Know Your Role was released in
0: North Oh, what a game.
2: I know. Did you know it was released only eight and a half months after the original Smackdown video game, so not quite the yearly
1: interval that we get now. I think it may have been part of the back of the fact that it was so wildly popular. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um. So, SmackDown
2: 2 introduced the redone season mode, new interactive backstage or outdoor areas, new match types including TLCs, um, a redone Hell in a Cell, and a new Creator Superstar suite, and an all new slobber knocker mode where a player could face an endless gauntlet of wrestlers, which they seem to have reintroduced this year.
1: So, the best thing, the funniest thing looking back on this game, firstly, it kind of reminds you just how far they've come um, in producing these games, but. The entrances were so laughable that <laughs> they were just people walking on the spot just in front of like a in front of their tron. video. <laughs> I don't even think they had like crowd noise or anything.
0: Was, I don't even remember it.
1: So disappointing. I playing it. <laughs> and I I remember I th- was was this one I don't know about
2: the first Smackdown game. I think this one was the one which had Taz in commentary for the first time. I can't remember. And I'm not sure if it was. I, I don't know if it was this one or the next one, but basically Taz had about 20 different lines recorded and that was it they <laughs> just played the same lines over and over I think it was him and Michael Cole but yeah. I don't know if that was this
1: one or the next one I think that might have been the next one I'm not sure um, but yeah so Smackdown 2 you're role I love playing this game I played this game all over the Christmas period I think I got it because it came out obviously 18 years ago today I think I got it when it came out maybe the week of played it all over the Christmas period loved it during the school holidays it was just awesome Uh, And then the next one was on PS2, wasn't it? So I had to wait a little while because that was a bit more expensive. Mm. Do you want to know a fun fact about this game? Go for it.
2: Um, So the big knock on the sequel as opposed to the original was its loading times. Yeah, I Um, I
1: remember substantial loading times. But
2: despite that, the game was well received by critics and fans. 3.2 million copies of the game were sold, making it the best-selling combat sports game on a single format ever. Still? I would assume so, yeah, because. it's all across different consoles and shit now these days oh I guess
1: so yeah that's true well interesting fact yeah it was a bloody good fun game I liked it
2: back when they were nice and simple <laughs>
1: they were nice and simple um, but yeah I still like the ones now I mean yeah, you know the added graphical detail the fact that you actually have a real entrance <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, really adds to and the, the
0: game it wasn't like the Royal Rumble you can only have like four people in the ring
2: it was like that for a lot of I'm the time i not sure if they had a Royal
1: Rumble on it maybe I don't remember being able to eliminate people over the top anyway. I mean
2: you used to have Royal Rumbles back in the um, in the Attitude game and I think what,
3: and
1: the, yeah uh, but I'm sure it was only like four there.
0: people in the ring at the, the time Attitude.
1: yeah I think you did actually but I don't remember how you eliminated people
0: it must have been over the top
2: yeah and then they just disappear
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, right okay moving on from that then that was your uh, this moment this week that's it. thanks for that it's alright oh they're coming for you Matt <laughs> oh Colgan will never find me <laughs> um, right okay so this week in wrestling then so shall we go in chronological order because I feel like that's going to be the most positive point to start the <laughs> evening. <laughs> what are you trying to say well, okay. So TakeOver was on Saturday. NXT TakeOver... <clears throat> Sorry, just just clear me through it. NXT TakeOver uh, was on Saturday and it was a hell of an event. A, well, it was called NXT TakeOver War Games to give it its full name. Um, four matches on the card. Well, booked four matches on the card from the start of the night. The fifth one was added <laughs> at the very beginning. Um, we saw... Matt Riddle in the ring for the first time well on pay-per-view um, doesn't
0: like English people what do you mean have you never seen his UFC I think it's 149 press conference no he had a fight in Manchester and apparently one fat spat at him
1: oh you know Northerners hates
0: English people <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think it should be uh, explained to him that Northerners aren't the same as the rest of English people <laughs> <laughs> They're a different breed. yeah, Especially Um, Scouse. Well, he's he's gone down in my estimation and he hates all English people um, (laughs) because I'm English, mate.
2: It's a bit of a cheap reason, isn't it? One English person spat at me therefore I hate all 60
1: million of them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's a bit of an overreaction. I mean, imagine being spat on isn't particularly pleasant. Even if he went as far as well, I don't like people in Manchester, that'd be fine. But to say I don't like a whole nation, imagine if we did that with Americans. They got the fucking Worst president In the history of the world Imagine we judged All Americans By that standard We'd never watch wrestling Yeah <laughs> um, Right yeah Back to NXT Takeover Another tangent We always do these tangents Don't we Good at tangents um, So Matt Riddle Versus Cassius Ohno, Um In a match Which lasted Approximately four seconds which... my,
0: my friends call me Cassius Ono, Do they? What it because yeah, you don't last very long? Whee! That's a bit,
1: bit, bit like <laughs> yeah. uh, harsh. What, what friends are these? Yeah, I don't
0: remember what saying friends? that. Yeah, I've never called you that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I have friends outside the group.
1: How very dare you. Um, so yeah, what did we make of this? So, Kashi is a big sort of indie darling star. I know he hasn't been on in the indies for a long, long time now. Uh, a... You know, a 20-year veteran, as they always say. And he's there getting absolutely destroyed by Matt Riddle in in a couple of seconds. I know Matt Riddle's new into the um, WWE and, you know, they want to obviously give him a big push at the start. Is this a little bit harmful for Cassius?
0: No, not at all, because he always, if you look back, he's the one that always fights the new person to come into NXT.
2: Yeah, he's he's been the kind of He's the good hand The gatekeeper to NXT um, And generally puts on competitive showings And puts them over in that kind of way This was a different kind of way And I think if if he were still a face It would be damaging But he's got a recently kind of Not been fully confirmed But a kind of heel persona um, It does
1: seem quite heelish
2: so, yeah, I think he's now in that kind of position where he can take,
0: eat a loss.
3: Okay, moving I on. I was very
0: on. weird how he fights in, uh, like no boobs or anything.
2: No boobs. What? Oh, Matt you Riddle. Mean Matt. No, no boobs. Matt
1: Riddle. <laughs> he's, he fights barefoot. You mean?
2: Yeah, I thought they yeah. would change that, and they historically have like yeah. with Rusev but I think that was only actually after Rusev broke his foot or something so. it was yeah
1: um, I remember then when the do you, uh, you probably don't remember this Matt you may remember it do you remember the, um, the head shrinkers used to wrestle barefoot barefoot I remember that
2: because you used and to have Survivor action figures
0: Series do you remember a Survivor Series they put them in boots yeah so this is
1: the storyline I was going to say so they, they put the storyline was that the manager wanted them to wrestle in boots and um, it may have been Fatu or Rikishi um, at the time who just couldn't get used to him. And he used to like fall off the top rope and stuff and slip all around because <laughs> he couldn't wear boots. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just a weird little angle that they used to do. I thought it was quite cool. Um, but yeah, no, it's a bit strange seeing someone wrestle with no shoes on. Because you'd think, all right, as an opponent, the first thing you would do, target the feet. Yeah. <laughs> tread on his toes.
2: Same how I was used to under, if I was a wrestler, I'm A, not having long hair (laughs) for someone to grab and pull, B, I'm wearing as many kind of clothes for protection as possible, not exposing any skin, especially in, like, hardcore matches. Um, Fun little little point with uh, TakeOver, I managed to get Tasha to watch pretty much the whole of it with me. Well done. So... The, the, the random points throughout the nights when she'll say something or make a point or ask a question where I just think oh god that's going on the podcast
1: <laughs> any uh, any instances you catch
2: to share with us? Adam Cole comes down to the ring and is it, is it his like is it his thing that he has to come down with like dripping wet hair I was like it's not just his thing I was like all, 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 no. like, all long haired wrestlers do it really she was like why is it so like so it's harder for people to grip onto the hair i was like sure
3: <laughs>
0: i was like oh, well, it's just
2: dry. Yeah, it why. just goes all like fluffy i think mean, you look shit. shit
1: when it's dry yeah i think mean, that's mainly what it is yeah. um,
0: apparently that's like the most asked question and nobody knows the answer to it.
1: <laughs> yeah why is your hair so wet um uh, triple h is probably the main triple h, h roman, Rains, roman reigns roman reigns drippy hair They're always
2: coming out like visibly soaked <laughs>
1: Uh, right, moving on from that then. So Shayna Baszler actually defended her NXT Women's title against Kyrie Sane in a 2 out of 3 falls match, which, if I'm honest, is probably the shortest 2 out of 3 falls match I've ever seen. Nah, it will be short. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was good, don't get me wrong. It was 10 minutes and 55 seconds, so just shy of 11 what minutes. Was it? Is that it? Um, and I, I think it felt... Um, less time than that I think it, really? it went really quickly which is a testament to you know maybe how enjoyable it was um, I felt
2: like it felt longer and I remember seeing like um, throughout the week there was um, one of WWE's conference calls that they do with various yeah. different people um, I always wonder how people get access to those. yeah when are we going to get
1: access? where's our Outlook invite <laughs>
2: and, um, have you checked our email for a while <laughs> I have actually yes um and, Yeah, some, someone said about takeover only being four matches rather than the usual five this time. And he said, Yeah, well, we've got a two out of three falls match and a war games match, so we both need to give time to them. Uh, yeah, and it, seems it seems like it all just went a long way. <laughs>
1: um, so yeah, and then they added a fifth one, a fifth match to the card. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, this was enjoyable. Um, I think I predicted Shona Baser to win this one, so I was quite, I wasn't too surprised to see her retain. Um, I was quite surprised with how the falls went. Yeah. And how the first one was so quick. Um,
2: well, I, I think it's better to do it... I mean, if you're going to have a 10-minute two-out-three of three falls match, I think it's better to do it that way than have like three quick falls in the last two minutes or
0: something.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Which
2: historically um, they may have tell, done. Telling the story that she maybe could have and held on. I think on. with a
0: submission wrestler, like, at any point you can get that person into that lock
1: yeah yeah, and I think, and, and I, think it, uh, I think Aiden coming on to your point is the fact that they play on the oh, oh she taps out she can live to fight another like another yeah fall, she needs to tap thing. out sooner rather so than tap out later. soon before you take more punishment sort of thing it's just smart um, but obviously not the last the second time you can't do that <laughs> yeah. um, so we saw interference in this match from oh, I can never really remember their names Maria Shafir Maria Shafir the other one
2: <laughs> and uh, yeah
1: <laughs> Who's
0: the other one? Two of the four horse women.
1: Yeah, who is the other one?
0: I I Say
1: again. It. Who is the other one? What's her name? I don't know. Oh, it's bugging me now. Hang on. I'm googling. Maria Shafir. Not Maria Sharapova. <laughs> uh, know her. This is not who... Too... Oh, I don't know who it is. Maria Shafir is not who I googled, apparently. Maria Menounos WTWE Not we We'll come on to that later (laughs) Not we Marine Shafir Marina Shafir Yep And Jessamine Duke That's the one Jessamine Duke Uh, So we saw interference from them From injuring this match uh, only to be fought off by a pretty fucking ferocious looking boot from Dakota Kai. And, uh, and then an amazing salt from uh, Yoshirai. It took a little in while to dreams.
2: set up.
1: It did take a little Yeah, in, in skinny jeans, we might add as well. Um, it did take a little while to set up, you're right. Um, but that that's, that visual was pretty awesome, to be fair. That's probably the best moonsault I've seen Shirai hit because her her ones in the Mayon Classic were a little bit hit and miss. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um. I thought it was a great
0: main
2: Dakota Kai, bef- prior to TakeOver, had put up a, a a couple of photos on on Twitter of her in an outfit there and like hashtag TakeOver ready or something like that. And it was not what she was wearing yeah. at all when she came down to the <laughs> ring, so that confused me.
1: Um, I saw a tweet from her afterwards where she sort of said, um, like, no, I'm done with this BS sort of thing. Yeah. Um, in reference to the. Interference, I think, from <laughs> Shafir so. and Duke. I don't know what, what other things she would have been. The War Games match, or something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that helped. Well, I say it helped. Kyrie saying uh, it didn't really, did it? It kind of backfired.
2: Yeah, you thought it was gonna.
1: It kind of backfired into um, a submission victory for. Was it? No, she pinned her, didn't she? She rolled. Yeah, she, she rolled her kind up.
2: Of crucifix pinned her.
1: Yeah, uh, for Shayna Baszler. I think people were a little bit surprised that she won like that. After the interference and stuff, but I um, think smart booking. I think Trainer Baze is a, a she, good she, good heel. She
2: didn't have to tap out twice.
1: Yeah, exactly, and it kept Kairi saying looking strong as well because she she had that comeback. She she pinned Basler, I believe. Yeah, she did, um, and you know she got all her stuff in and she looked great and just you know one slip and she was pinned sort of thing. So it doesn't make her look weak in any way. She stays strong and then there's more obviously to come.
2: A few. Now we can move on to a, a war games match between um, Dakota Kai and Kyrie Sane and Yorishira. versus
1: is. Right, open up the very first women's three war quarters games of match, right? right? That's got to be the next thing, to the Right? We've <laughs> done everything else. Um,
0: yeah, then, then a year later, they'll uh, do it on the main roster. And it'll be the <laughs> say, first it's,
1: one. say it's the first ever women's match. Yeah, war games match. Um, first right? First ever women's match. <laughs> they would do that at some point. Yeah. Um. So. Match number three of the evening, Alistair Black versus Johnny Gargano uh, in a pretty epic encounter. So obviously this is this story has built for a long, long time. Uh, the mystery of who attacked uh, Black in the summer was revealed or the answer was revealed a few weeks back being Johnny Gargano. I love the story they've told through the start, well, through the build-up and this match was just excellent.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: I was a little bit concerned like how how does Johnny Gargano play this heel character? Yeah like, and he, he
2: kind of um, But he was good at it. He grew into it. Yeah he did a bit. Like, this, this was the, the the first real match that Tasha proper sat down and watched with me and I, I explained the story to her and I think the story helped her get interested in it. Yeah. Um, And like, trying to explain how this guy he he thinks he's the hero for doing what he did like he doesn't it's Just a bit delusional. Yeah. And how the the fans some of the fans are kinda of torn. Um yeah, I thought that that made the match a million times more intriguing. Not that it wouldn't have been anyway. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it just added to it, especially with the the way that it kind of ended with the last few minutes. Um yeah, this is good stuff all around and she found I always
0: forget how good Arthur Black is in the ring. I always good. think, oh, it's not going to be that great of a match. And then he just like does stuff, and I'm like, oh my god, yeah, he's amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know
0: why you'd ever think that. He's yeah, he's. I incredible. don't know. I'm, so I easy. don't know what it is. I just maybe it's. I haven't seen enough of him.
2: He's just really smooth and fluid in everything, and it's he's just really impressive. Like he can do. He's like an all-rounder, basically. He can just do a bit of everything.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so, And he looks like you could kick your head off. Do you know, the do, do only one thing I think I feel Alistair Black's missing is physical presence, like in terms of not his character, but his actual stature. Yeah. If he was, you know, three or four inches taller, you know, well, I mean, 50 I think pounds he's heavier... About six,
2: he's about six foot... He looks like he's about six foot one or two
1: at least. I wouldn't have thought he was that tall. I'd say maybe six feet. I don't
0: think he is that. He doesn't. Does I mean, like, can't John, be that, Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano is
2: tiny. Johnny Gargano is five foot ten. Mm. And they didn't look close he? in height.
1: I think they did. I don't, I
2: don't think they did. We'll have to Google it, find out how tall he is. But I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't say, say he's
1: he, any taller than six feet.
2: I'd say they put up a tail at the tape.
1: He's six foot one. There you go. But that's not tall for a wrestler, is it? It's
2: not tall for a wrestler, but it's also not—it's not small these days the way it used to be. I guess
1: so. Yeah, that's true. Um, but uh, you know, his character, everything from um, his entrance to his ring gear to his fucking finisher, uh, is just spot on. Um, and you know, he's—he can do everything. Really, uh, he can fly. He's very athletic. He's—he's um, he's aggressive
2: look fucking brutal his
1: strikes do look brutal his kicks are amazing and I
2: think the Black Mass
0: kicks is, are amazing
2: the Black Mass is one of the top three finishes mm. in WWE at the moment
1: yeah I would say so especially the way Johnny Gargano takes them <laughs> square yeah. on the fucking jaw <laughs> um, I saw someone sort of tweet a, a gif of that moment and they were like fucking hell he kicked his fucking face off <laughs> it
2: was when I was watching with Tasha she was like you know the bit where um, where Johnny went to do the kicking, or he went to do his old DIY finish right? yeah and Alistair Black like just sat down and was like fucking bring it yeah um, and later on when Gargano did the same thing he was like kick me kick yeah. me like he was like begging for it he was like I'm sorry and stuff Tasha was sitting there and I could tell that she was fascinated but was trying not to be <laughs> I just kept looking over I was like, you
0: fucking mark. <laughs> 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 but you know, I don't know whether it's an NXT thing and they're being taught right, but they all can tell a story in the ring. Yeah. Well, I think,
1: I, I don't know who produced this match, but this match had Shawn Michaels written all over it.
2: Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. Is that I um, listened to Edge and Christian's podcast this week and had Shawn Michaels on it and they were talking about him, his work in the performance centre and he was saying how um, like back in his day there'd be a lot of the guys who would kind of like, ridicule Sean a bit and just be like oh, we're just we're just guys who fight and we beat beat each other up oh
0: it's it. outside my it's outside my house ooh
1: what's going on I told you they're coming the for you
0: a
2: police chase Actual outside
0: chase.
1: my a oh, what
0: not even giving you.
2: a police chase a police chase <laughs> this
0: is amazing is this Scott Steiner? Don't crash into my car! Something's happened to your car. Oh my god!
1: This is the most entertainment we've ever had on the podcast.
0: Wow!
2: Right my house. Get off the phone and take a video.
1: They've gone now. Oh. oh, we'll never live up to that now from the podcast. <laughs> Um,
2: yeah, what other podcasts, wrestling podcasts, have had a police
1: chase? chase halfway through, yeah. Beat that, GP.
0: That was, that was bloody amazing. <laughs> um, I was yeah. in a little bit because he got quite near my car. <laughs> so yeah, Sean Michaels
2: was talking about how back in the day people would just would say like, oh, we're just guys who beat each other up, that's it. Whereas Storm would always try and tell the intricacies of a story and stuff and not everyone would get it. But he says he goes down to NXT now, and so many of them get it. They all just get like how you can enhance a story by telling just like the tiniest little details and stuff. Yeah. And so yeah, it definitely seems, and it's definitely something that which they've gotten stronger at over the last year.
1: Definitely, um, and yeah, it. I mean, the the whole sort of um, the part where they both sort of said, "I'll bring it on," and especially the ending where Gogano had basically resigned himself to defeat and was just like just kick me and it sort of thing
2: and even just alistair black's like this is the first time we've seen any kind of like nearly remorse yeah rather than but he said i absolve you of all of your sins didn't he rather than kicking him in the face and him being like yeah i'm gonna fucking do it again he kicked him in the face and was like yeah
1: I'm gonna have to like, do it i just again. want this to be over yeah he's john Gagano the first person to uh not be knocked down by a black Mass?
2: <laughs> i think um it might have happened with last sullivan I think he, well, he got knocked
1: down like by two. an imaginary black <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think like, you did about two back to back. But yeah. Oh, oh, oh. back. <laughs> it's fucking OJ or something, isn't it?
2: Speaking of Lars Sullivan, so he's apparently coming to the main roster. He is, yes. And does this not feel like the exact kind of guy where they would just
0: change his name to Lars?
1: Yeah, definitely. He'll be Lars or Sullivan. One of the two. <laughs> I feel like he'll be Lars.
0: You mean. You mean Vince's wet dream,
2: Lars Sullivan? Yeah, I feel like he's just going to be Lars and they're going to do some kind of cringy catchphrase with him. I saw someone say they're going to do like
1: Lars in charge or some
0: <laughs> shit like that. If you end up like
1: um, Snitsky. Gene Snitsky, yeah. That's, that's who springs to mind when I think of Lars Sullivan on the main roster. I don't know why. Uh, I don't have massively high hopes for him.
2: Any. He- preference as to where he should go Smackdown Smackdown they've got too many big people on Raw yeah they need what Smackdown Raw, needs... you got Baron you've got Lashley you've got Drew McIntyre yeah you don't need any bigger than that no
1: definitely not Smackdown definitely for Lars Sullivan but um, you know as we've seen in recent days Smackdown just gets shafted every opportunity so <laughs> maybe not I'm sure we'll get onto that yeah we will get onto that so Alistair Black versus John Gargano fantastic match brilliant build brilliant story throughout um, just excellent watch. Another excellent watch. Then immediately followed this. Tommaso Champa defended his NXT oh. Championship against Velvet Teen Dream, and this was brilliant.
3: Yeah,
2: to be honest with you, it was better than I thought it was going to be.
1: Same, yeah, same. Jesus every God. to be fair, every Tommaso.
0: What's going on, this chase? Is that tire chief? Wow. How is there only one police car
1: behind it? That's what I want to know. I don't know. That's what you get for living in Greater London, Matt.
0: Also,
2: oh, is he just doing. I circles? don't live in Greater
0: London. I live in Hertfordshire. It's posh. Well, it's Greater London, really.
2: Is he just doing circles? Like, if, he keep, <laughs> if he's come past your street three times now, surely they
1: should just keep some people there. It may be a different. But um, there's only one car
0: tracing That's what
2: I don't get. Oh, does it? It sounds like more.
1: Hmm. Anyway, back to the podcast, peeps. So, every Tommaso Ciampa match, actually, is better than I expected it to be. Um, and I guess it must mean that Tommaso Ciampa is a very good wrestler.
2: He's the greatest sports entertainer
1: in the world. Yes, but is he a great wrestler? He is. Oh,
0: he's uh, coming back around again by the sound
1: of it. <laughs> Hi, That's another police car chasing. That sounds Sorry. like an ambulance. That was a police car. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I feel like we've lost you, Matt. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
0: it's quite exciting it does not very often it happens outside your house is
1: it we're going to let this play out are we
0: no because it's probably not going to happen it's probably going to end up further down the street
1: <laughs> yeah I can't imagine they're
2: going to like catch him and arrest him on Matt's doorstep or
1: anything <laughs> <laughs> he's going to take refuge in Matt's house and he'll be like fuck off doing a podcast and then we'll get an interview with the criminal it would be great Imagine if he was a yeah. wrestling fan
2: The Criminal sounds like a 90s wrestler It does <laughs>
1: like the re- These two it The Repo Man um, The incidentally, Repo Man just watching like, uh, a network edition of Survivor 2003 Why did yeah. Barbara Ray Dudley just start wearing Adidas trackies to the ring? <laughs> I don't know She just gave up by that but point Why was
0: that allowed? Right Carry on and I'll call you back
1: Oh, fine You're going to go get involved
0: I've got
1: to go and check my car. Oh, fair enough.
0: But I will call you back. All
1: right. All right, but. Well, while Matt's off doing that, what did you make of Tommaso Ciampa versus Velveteen Dream?
2: Yeah, like I said, it was better than I thought it was going to be. I don't know why. I didn't have low expectations or anything. I just thought maybe in comparison to Gargano and Black, especially after then watching that match, I didn't think it would be as good. But, man, like... The crowd are so behind Velveteen Dream.
1: I know they're so desperate for him to get that like rocket push. Yeah,
2: and to be honest, I'm—I think it was the right decision to not have him. Oh, win. definitely. Because
1: um, then you just build anticipation.
2: He's very good with his Hulk Hogan impersonations, <laughs> and I—I I like the idea that Hulk Hogan Hulk Hogan seems to think that a he's doing it in homage. Yeah. When surely it's a piss <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's gotta be.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Most of what Velvetine Dream Dream does seems to be a bit of a pistol.
2: But again, that's the kind of thing where it's like you've just a little touch of they're in Hollywood. Yeah. So he's Hollywood Hogan. Yeah. Stuff like that. Where
1: because oh, it's not the first time someone's impersonated Hulk Hogan. It's not the ring, first time ring. he's <laughs> impersonated Hulk Hogan either. That's true.
2: Um but yeah, just little touches like that. Which can really add to a character, just enhance them that bit more. Yeah. So, yeah, great, great match, great false endings.
1: Yeah, definitely.
2: Br- brutal looking missed elbow at the end. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, good stuff all round. Really, really good match. You'd say? Would you say that it eclipsed the Alistair Black Johnny Gargano match, or on par? Uh, or I think not it's quite. Tough there,
2: they're both very different. I think I personally preferred. The Gargano and Black match. Yeah. I felt the story was a bit better going into it and surrounding it. But, yeah, it's pretty close.
1: Yeah, I'd I'd probably agree with that. I think Gargano Black was brilliant. Champa Dream was really, really excellent. And, you know, pretty much on the same level. Uh, From two really, really great matches into a third the um the war games match between pete dunn ricochet and war raiders versus the undisputed era now um uh, it's a shame matt's not back on the phone because i know how much he loves undisputed Era and pete dunn obviously um oh, yeah, true. so we'll go we'll go into this match he hopefully hopefully matt will join us um so i always forget the um the format of a war games match when when they come about it, yeah, it was, it was a little it, bit I, tough I,
2: to explain to Tasha. When I see the
1: two cages and I'm like, "What? what? Hang on, what?" And then I think, oh yeah, they got a lock in, and then they come out, and it's, that's like, and it all comes flooding back. Obviously, as soon as the match starts, Why? Ricochet, Adam Cole, by the way, one of the rivalries of the of the year, uh huh, just brilliant in rematches. Adam Cole's a brilliant chicken shit heel, but also who can go? And yeah, Ricochet is just unbelievable.
2: He's the kind of heel where, like, if he was just to to beat. One of the baby faces. It wouldn't. Surprise. It's believable.
1: Yeah.
2: It's not like he can only win vitre. He's like a legit kind of heel. So, um yeah. It was <laughs> my, my my only real problem with this match was that the referees couldn't have the cages unlocked when it the countdown hit zero. Yeah. Why did they have to unlock it after the countdown hit zero? It's wasting another five ten seconds. Yeah. That was that's pretty much my own complaint from the match which yeah. is a good sign and I really liked
1: the way that they used that um, the two cages and like people fighting amongst each other to, to who was going to get into the yeah, match yeah
2: I, I liked that, especially it was more pointed out by Nigel than anyone else is that like you've got one team who are so entirely in together and yeah. in sync and another team who are just thrown together who haven't even figured out who's going to go in when
1: yeah and couldn't agree on it sort of thing um... which is really stupid in terms of <laughs> a game plan yeah and I also think it was great how they you know the whole the Bobby Fish uh, locking Pete down in the cage yeah I don't I don't
2: recall seeing that before like it makes perfect sense as soon as you've got everyone like that's but more than having that two on one advantage at the beginning that's why you want an advantage yeah it's just so you could do that part of me thought why can't they just go to the crowd and be like does anyone have the key (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) I, I was thinking maybe people in the crowd might like pass it forward or throw it back or whatever yeah
2: well i I I said to Tasha that I just assumed that Bobby Fish was just going to put it down
1: his pants yeah or eat it (laughs) (laughs) that's the sort of thing maybe last summer would do Um, he would
2: crush it by just staring at it
1: (laughs) that's not even physically possible (laughs) Um, but yeah so once the action you know well the action was underway periodically throughout the match but um, once all eight men were in the ring double plural um, you know the action was was fast and furious and frenetic and pretty hardcore at times and just multiple suplexes and and things off of the top of the cage and the top ropes and the fucking double moonsault or whatever ricochet did <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> whatever that was was amazing um, and yeah the um, Pete Dunne wrestled this match with an injury didn't he with a legitimate injury I know that they they incafe Kayf- knee injury. I'm not sure if it was a knee injury or a foot injury. I think he wrestled with a broken bone or something. I think it's foot, foot and ankle related. Yeah. Um, which is just insane to wrestle this kind of match with that Makes injury. sense why they put him in long. I was going to say, it would explain perhaps why he was kept out of the match for a fairly long part of it. Um, but yeah, just unbelievable match. Um, so much going on. The War Raiders really impressed me. Um who was the first one it was was it hanson who came in first wasn't it yeah um he looked brilliant just he just didn't stop the running he just went back and <laughs> forth Hansen, and back, and back forth. Cesaro with his uppercuts yeah. but twice the size um which is you know the War raiders i've not really seen too much of them um, since they they came to wwe but i've really been impressed with them from what i have seen
2: yeah definitely
1: um and obviously, Pete Dunne did his bit. I think he was fairly limited in what he couldn't, couldn't do, but he still looked great. Uh And Ricochet was just, you know, stole the show with his incredible moveset and his agility and athleticism. So, you know, just brilliant all-round from all eight of these guys. Bobby yeah. Fish, actually, was, um for me, was really impressive as well, especially considering the long layoff he's had.
2: Yeah, Bobby Fish looked good. And I think... um
1: and Roderick Strong is, Rod- is the MVP for me. of most
2: matches. <laughs> yeah. Roder- yeah, well, that's the thing. They all of them work so well, and they all do so much because in every single match, multi-man match they have, you can say that Kyle O'Reilly is the MVP.
3: Yeah.
2: Or you can say that Roderick Strong is the MVP. For me, I think it was in this particular match is a bit more Roderick Strong when when he came in and did his initial flurry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tasha went. Oh, wow, he's good. Yeah. <laughs> he's just going well, there you go. the shit out of everyone. There's
1: the measurement for you, right? People know, um, people who necessarily don't watch wrestling can tell when someone's better than someone.
2: And For me, I think I've tweeted this before, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but I feel like Roderick Strong has been one of WWE's MVPs yeah, for the last of 2018. Year, definitely. Cause not like Never had a bad his, match. his matches before joining Undisputed Era were always good. Mm. And then he went into the Cruiserweight Tournament, and smashed that got all the way to the semis then having one of the matches of the night at TakeOver New Orleans which was just the best show of the year then joining the Undisputed Era and initially thinking like oh. well I I always thought that I didn't I couldn't really think of him as a heel and then seeing him in the in the Cruiserweight tournament he kind of adopted a bit more of a heelish persona Yeah, he was a bit more cocky and I thought oh I'd actually love to see him as a heel and the Undisputed Era has just been the perfect fit for him yeah, it's he's, he's crazy
1: how just like, smooth he just fits yeah, straight literally, in. Yeah. by the next episode of NXT, boom, all done. Yeah, <laughs> this is crazy. Um, so, yeah, I mean... So, overall, then, NXT TakeOver Over Game is just brilliant all round. I mean, everything from... And shout-out to Mauro Ronello as well, because he's, It
2: was so good to have him back, because I actually... I am quite a big fan of Vic Joseph. Yeah, um, I don't mind Vic. I think he's I think good. he's... Yeah, he's pretty good. Um, but, yeah, I think... In in an NXT environment as well, I just don't think anyone compares to um,
1: to tomorrow at the moment. Definitely, I mean, I I'll go on record and say that a lot of times um, when I listen to or when I watch NXT or when I watch NXT and it's on and Frankie's around, I can I can see why you might get a little bit annoyed at his over the topness. Yeah. Uh, he's very OTT Sometimes
2: Tasha was like did, did he just say that? Yeah
1: And a lot of Sometimes I do Tell think, me <laughs> Sometimes I do think Like oh come on That was really cringy." A lot of it does seem very Rehearsed and Yeah so Like like he knows like that At some point he's going to have to get that in list, but Yeah um, But it, it doesn't You know I don't let that take away from yeah. how good Um he, he said that that something
2: happened, and then he was like, yeah. "Oh, that'll crack the back." And Tasha was like, "Did he just say crack the back?" And I was like, "And realign the, the spine. spine." And she was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: so jealous, man. Yeah, she had, had your girlfriend watch wrestling with you, and not just make ridiculously annoyed comments throughout.
2: Yeah, and she wasn't even like, like she spent a little bit of time on her
1: phone, but it wasn't like
2: oh, hurry up, kind of. Just every now and then, she checked the phone, but most of the time, she just sat and watched it with me. So.
1: And you even managed to get to watch Kenny Omega versus um, Okada, didn't you?
2: I did, the entire thing, and most of Jericho Naito as well.
1: Yeah.
2: Actually, all of Jericho Naito.
1: I can't remember when uh, Frankie was around. Well, I said she was around. We lived together, the (laughs) fact She's Uh, still alive.
3: We were talking... (laughs) I can't
1: remember. It might have even been yesterday. Uh, That's what it was. We went to see Fantastic Beasts 2 yesterday at the cinema. Oh, yeah. And it was really, really good. Um, And I've seen all the Harry Potter movies and everything in the Harry Potter series and franchise. Um, but I've never read any of the books and um, so Frankie said to me if I read the books she'll watch a whole wrestling pay-per-view with me <laughs> and well, I was like
2: oh, we have to pick a good one now
1: I like, well I really don't want to read the books though do <laughs> <laughs> you have to read all of I them be there's so many of them there's like nine of them I think there's seven
2: when you think of the hours of investment
1: that's three to four hours for her that's I like I weeks like, on end yeah, for you week, I'm not getting a brilliant deal out of this I might change it to one book yeah If I read the first one Then she can watch pay-per-view And then And then we'll go the second, from there <laughs> Then she can watch another one Sort of thing However many hours I put into reading books She has to put into Watching wrestling <laughs>
2: I'm kind of under pressure To get the right pay-per-view Though What would uh, you go with I
1: might even do like A mix of matches From different pay-per-views Just show her the best ones Just, do, in a just bit. do
2: some of your favourite You've got to show her The Austin Bret Hart I
1: oh, know She won't like that It's bloody Too much gruesome blood
2: Well don't show her This match then
1: <laughs> Definitely not this one Um but yeah, so I'd have to pick them carefully, I think. Would
2: you do Undertaker, Sean?
1: Yes. Assuming not Helen herself. <laughs> no blood. Okay, no blood. Good story. Decent athleticism, I guess, at the time. Um, so, I, I guess... I'll probably show Adam Cole, Ricochet.
2: Yeah, well, that's the thing. If you're throwing some modern shit, she'll like the flippy stuff. Yeah. I mean, like, you could go with Cena Punk because of the story around that, but it's like a 40-minute match. Yeah. It's quite a lot. too long. She has
1: zero, zero Yeah, back. She...
2: <laughs> and, like, she won't get the idea of someone, like, leaving and all yeah. that kind of... She won't get this, that kind of story. No. But I guess, yeah, it's tough. And Especially... Then, you know, pick it,
1: Also pick wrestlers that she knows, though. So, from Total Divas and things like that, she'll know Daniel Bryan, so I'll probably pick a Daniel Bryan match. Um... God knows which one. Anything with AJ Styles in, because, you know, he's just amazing. Uh, I may even go back further into the olden days and pick some classic matches. That's the
2: thing. With the olden days, all the good stories, they had blood in them in the
1: matches. That's true. I think she can cope with a little bit. Yeah, a little little bit. To be fair, I was watching the AJ Styles 365 um, show on the network, which, by the way, if you haven't seen, go watch it, because it's great. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was the little bit of clip of the match at SummerSlam to him, Smoke Joe, we he, he had blood bleeding on, him, on the head. And he went in to see his daughter at the end. And she was like, See, I would, like, I would be absolutely traumatized if my dad came to me and he was bleeding after just being beaten up in front of my eyes at the age of five. And <laughs> She's I was like, like, Dad, you're bleeding. Suspend your disbelief. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, But it is actually real blood. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I would be traumatized. Poor little girl. I was like, But she is part of it. But yeah, it's um it's a hard sell <laughs> I think. If I've gotta read seven <laughs> Harry Potter books to get to watch so I mean, no, I'll I don't I know will how the do worth it. Is. I'll do it. But anyway, I doesn't I don't think Matt's joining us. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where the fuck he's gone. Unless his car was like written off. Should we try him?
2: Yeah, unless has actually been a problem.
1: Mm. Maybe he just can't be bothered. Sounds like him. we'll give him a call call. maybe he's having trouble getting through
2: while we're waiting uh, I've just been watching
1: as it's Survivor
2: Series week been watching two classic Survivor Series matches from 2002-2003 first one being the Elimination Chamber second one being the Team Bischoff versus Team Stone Cold Uh, Elimination match which is one of my favourite matches ever
1: brilliant ending
2: and the performance all the way throughout just from Sean and the fucking the blade job he does, yeah,
1: <laughs> a lot. Literally
2: a crimson mask, right? That's cool, Matt. This is great audio. Sound like it's going very well. Doesn't
3: sound like it, does it?
2: Tell you what, we'll take a break and we'll we'll get back to him.
1: So, ladies and gentlemen, we've got Matt Bumby back with us, Matt. What the fuck's going on?
0: Well, they nearly hit my car, and if he'd have hit my car, I'd have fucking killed him. Breaking but
2: yeah, the news. Is
1: now over. Yeah, breaking news. A has been arrested and detained. Um from his a small pursuit they described it as in Bournemouth.
2: We may be the first wrestling podcast to break this news. I know.
1: The only because I think no one else cares. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um,
0: well, that's why we're groundbreaking.
2: Okay, I will I will extend that to first podcast in general. <laughs>
1: yeah, maybe. This was like when they covered OJ Simpson on the news in America. His his uh, police chase. Yeah. I think it's pretty similarly. I can't um, wait for our millions of listeners. Similar level, yeah. Um, Matt, we had finished talking about NXT War Games. Um, however, I just wanted to get your thoughts on the Champa versus Velveteen um, Dream match and the War Games match itself, just very quickly, because I know you're a big fan of pretty much everyone involved in those matches, and I know that you enjoyed them very much.
0: Um, yes, I enjoyed them very much. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, um, I loved the uh, uh, Tomasa Champa Dream Map. Um, I thought the yeah. ending was really good. Like, the way they built it, and the way you thought, oh, Dream's won it here. Yeah. And then, no. And do you know what got me as well? It, like, It made me like, that's how you tell a story. How they both laid there for a good two minutes after yeah but mm-hmm.
3: like in a heap
1: yeah that's so a, I think like... that's quite a common theme throughout, like some of the greatest matches anyway um where both just sort of lay there and think whoa that was fucking painful <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. we put it all out there yeah
1: um how about the War Games match itself then? What did you make of this? Because I know that obviously you're a big fan of the Undisputed Era. And your mate Pete Dunn was in it, so you must have felt something about it.
0: Uh, amazing. I just I watched it with my dad. And my dad's not the biggest WWE fan, he watches it from now and again. It used to be. It used to be, yeah. But he just he does, he watches here and there now. And he doesn't watch much NXT
2: used to be my arch nemesis. And
0: literally was just like, well, this match is fucking carnage. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes, Dad. Yes, it is. Yes, and then I also said, said to him, I said, I bet my car that Ricochet comes off the top of this thing. He was like, no, he won't. I was like, yeah, he will. <laughs> and he went out to get a cup of tea and I was like, Dad. So what did you get he- out of this bed?
1: <laughs> yes.
2: I, I bet you my shit. car in return for nothing.
1: That's how sure you were. <laughs>
0: I was I knew who was gonna come off the top. That was just it was just obvious.
1: It looked amazing as well, didn't it?
0: Yes, yes it did. And the bit before it looked amazing as well.
2: Yeah. With the twenty man
0: pile up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the car wreckage. That's what did it looked
2: like. I'm surprised no one um, got hurt from that.
0: And the bit with Pete Dunn and um Oh what's his fucking name? Kyle O'Reilly with the Fingers.
3: Her... Yeah. <laughs> every time he went for
2: <laughs> the every time how does that not hurt? inappropriate, but every time he went for the fingers, Tasha cringed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I also loved and it was just so simple and I don't know why no one's ever done this before when they double padlocked him in. Yeah,
2: yeah that's what we were just talking
0: about, how it's
2: so simple and creative but effective
0: it was just brilliant and uh, just the undisputed era, they're just, oh. Uh... Dead, dead, I I so want them to come to the main roster and I so do not.
1: <laughs> very, I've, very conflicted. Th- th-
2: th- yeah, the th- thing is, this is what I always say about NXT call-ups is that there has to be, like, it can't entirely be up to creative, I think. I think people just, when people assume that they got buried because they've come from NXT or whatever, it's not always the. It's not always the way. My hope
0: is that. I feel like tickets. they're too
2: good to fail.
0: Oh, we've got tickets for the NXT show. Takeover in Brooklyn, so I'm hoping we see them then. And then they don't make an appearance at WrestleMania, and then Monday night on Raw they just come out and absolutely destroy Raw. Or Tuesday. Or Tuesday, I I'm not fussy.
1: <laughs> as long as it's yeah, I'd as long as it's one of the two. Because I think Raw needs a bit. If they more if, of a they, if
2: they end up on SmackDown, then they're just going to go weeks at a time without being on TV.
1: That's true. Yeah, you need them
2: yeah. on a three-hour show. I just
0: can you imagine if they just come onto Raw on that Monday night? The be, crowd reaction.
2: Yeah, they need beat. to be like the centerpiece of Raw. Oh,
0: they would just be so good on the main roster. Did hope anyway. Um, what booked right, so right
1: yes definitely which is let's face it a bit of a stretch these days <laughs> yeah uh, right so that's NST War Games then. so we've still got Survivor Series to break down um, uh. a lot more matches on Survivor Series um, probably of lesser quality um, but still some you know positive spins to take from, from what we've seen Firstly, I want to give a shout out to the tag teams on the kickoff because I don't know if either of you guys
0: watched this match. I did. You did, mm-hmm. Matt? Did you? So you I'm just going to tell you now because we seem to ask this every time. I never watch a kickoff. <laughs> <laughs> Why not though? Because four hours is long enough to watch. I don't want to watch another two hours. Of yeah, it.
1: but you only have to, yeah, watch, you the have to watch the match. have to watch one match.
0: Just, and it's not even—it's not on the broadcast, so it's like oh, I've got to go
1: into it before I am. It's just a lot of effort. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but why this is significant is because, well, firstly, it was actually a pretty decent match. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, SmackDown won, Um which <laughs> Did is they? Kind, of, kind of inconveniently forgotten about, <laughs> unless you're The New Day. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so the match itself, the Usos, The New Day, Sanity... Gallows and Anderson and the Colones who appeared out of nowhere um, defeated Bobby Roode Chad Gable The Revival Bo Dallas Curtis Axel and a Lucha House Party as well as the Ascension uh, so Raw's team depleted well not depleted that's all they've got fucking terrible um, and we said at the time this should be like a whitewash for Smackdown but it wasn't uh, but it, it turned out to be a really decent match um, and not surprising based on the fact that you've got the Usos in it and a New Day Insanity, and Gallows and Anderson, and the revival. So you know, overall, good, decent match. One of the better pre-show matches I've seen in a long time.
2: Yeah, it was good, good fun. especially when it got to kind of the last two teams on each side. I think that's when it really started to pick. When when it was down to Gable and Rude,
1: and that's what I thought. So it's Gable, Rude, and the revival. The revival versus the New Day and Usos. Yeah, that's when it really picked that's up. Really, when really they got rid of up. some of the dead weight.
0: Yeah. You could have just that. Could have just been a match that it would could have been, good been Yeah, they could have had you know,
1: there would have been an extra person on Raw, but uh, wouldn't needed an extra person on Raw. Sorry, but they could have had just that match, and it would have been great. Um, so to kick off the main card, then we actually had the women's five on five elimination match with Team Raw comprising of Mickey James, Nia Jax, Tamina, and Bailey and Sasha. All of a sudden, um, yeah, what
0: happened? So, because I didn't see what happened
1: on the kickoff. Yeah. Natalia attacked Ruby Raw have
0: they said it like four or uh, four times
1: and then Alexa Bliss who was team captain of Raw said the nee review of the team um, and reluctantly added Sasha and Bailey to the team this they, is why you
2: need to watch the kick-off show because that's where things <laughs> kick off
1: uh, I could see things were about to kick off so I got out well, of I was it.
0: watching it because I watched it on mute as well this, ah. this first match and I was a little bit like I'm sure them two weren't in it
1: yeah Um, why are
0: you watching on mute Um, because I was watching in my bedroom like early in the morning
1: Uh, fair enough Um, so they were up against the Smackdown team of Naomi Carmella Sonya Deville Asuka and Mandy Rose who we successfully predicted would be the uh, fifth member of the Smackdown team unless you're Aiden who predicted someone else did no, he did, a, he did predict that as well. Ah, he went with Maddie Rose in the end. I think your original sure. one was Nicky Cross. A lot of people online what were he... saying, oh, it's got to be Nicky Cross. or be Nicky Bella.
0: Well, like, you, first of all, said Lana. Lana yeah.
1: So. I thought Lana or, or Maddie Rose was the obvious choices. Um,
0: Sorry, my dog's attacking me. You're on an eventful
1: evening, aren't you?
0: Yeah, I really <laughs> am. <laughs> um, get down.
1: But yeah, so this match, Team Raw picked up the victory... I think most of us predict I think we all predicted that didn't we they had Nia Jackson to me and Nia Jackson was the sole survivor much to the dip- displeasure of the live crowd the fucking <laughs> boobs yeah.
2: when she came out the <clears throat> the problem is boobs. <laughs> the problem is I find that um,
1: WWE are looking at this in the now,
2: right now now it's a good thing for them
1: yeah Wow, oh, yeah, she's, getting,
2: she's getting a reaction. Let's give her a title shot. But yeah. well, I know she was having that anyway, but as like, people say, like, people think, oh, if we boo her really loudly or let people know how much we hate her and want her to go away. Yeah. No, you want her to go away. When she comes out, be dead silent. Yeah, that's, exactly. Yeah. That's how it give her great.
0: a Tamina entrance, because that, that was shocking. Because I watched that again, because someone put it on the internet, and they were like, watch when Tamina comes out there is just no crap here. there never
2: whatsoever.
1: is <laughs> the Any energy just gets sucked out of the she's room
2: ever come out like when there's a rumble and it's like 5 4 3 2 one, who is it
1: ta me no. yeah nobody nobody gave a shit nobody ever will give a shit unfortunately to Mina. Uh but now Jack's the sole survivor after she sort of sabotaged Sasha Banks by um pushing her into well a essentially uh, and then
2: Asuka gleefully accepted
1: yep and then ask sort of laid there and just accepted the leg drops at the end as well <laughs> yeah no idea why she didn't get would up you? I fucking hate
0: her leg drops
2: I would not want to be on the receiving end of the leg drop
1: from Noah Jakes. especially
2: knowing the way it, well it seems like the way she works is yeah. that there's a good chance she will kill break, me
1: break my face
2: the
0: face breaker what, how many people she injured
1: I don't know about four Um but yeah, so this match, I think it was all right. It went 19 minutes, so fairly long. Cool. Uh, but not, I guess, if you consider the amount of people in it. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was all right. I was a little bit... And this was a theme throughout the elimination matches. I was a little bit disappointed. Naomi was eliminated immediately. Yeah, it was a bit shitty. Which made her look really, really weak.
2: And there was no follow-up to it. Yeah. Apart from a brief 10 seconds of SmackDown where Byron mentioned that she was feeling a bit down.
1: Yeah. And like it just yeah just I don't know what was the reason was it time or did just have no plan for her in that match or whatever but it's Naomi man she's yeah I don't think it could have been time if the match had gone twenty minutes exactly so you know just a bit strange Um, Micka James side note the first time she's not won a Survivor Series match
2: well technically she (laughs) I I was thinking this during Raw is the only scenario (laughs) where
3: shut up.
2: She would have yes. <laughs> the only scenario right. where she would have been Should pinned you? and eliminated during a match, but still won the match. Yeah, so she's technically still undefeated. In I guess so. The Series. Yeah,
1: I guess so. that's true. She's on the winning team. Um, so yeah, Team Raw win, which let's face it, was a common theme throughout the whole evening. As <laughs> um, ah, second match Warren, common, with,
0: common theme throughout the evening.
1: The main card: Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Now. I think a lot of people went into this with high expectations. I didn't, not because I don't think these two can put on a great match, but because I didn't think WWE would invest that much time in this match.
3: The hell is that? <laughs>
1: it's, these noises coming from you, Matt.
0: Sorry, my dog is being an absolute spastic. <laughs> Jesus. She's trying to bite me.
2: her to fuck off.
0: Yep, yeah, I do, and then she just keeps coming back. <laughs>
2: Tell her to stay maybe then she'll fuck off.
1: <laughs> anyway, can Seth Rollins her? See if we can yes. hear him. Seth Sorry. Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura. So Intercontinental title or champion versus United States champion. What well, did you make of the match?
0: I thought it was a good match. I just it it meant nothing because there was no story told. And before the match, Rollins was like, Well, I'm not really bothered by this because um, <laughs> Yeah. I, I want uh, I want Dean Ambrose so it was a bit like don't you
1: think this does a bit of harm to Shinsuke where he was up against Seth Rollins who was obviously great and there's no shame in losing to Seth Rollins but he was up against a Seth Rollins whose mind was elsewhere um, who you know wasn't fully invested in the match in terms of his thought process like and Shinsuke loses clean
2: yeah I feel like at, at the end of the day it was it was a uh, like, you have to look at it as a one-off. I know you do. I no, feel no, like I think...
1: Seth could have Seth could have lost this match and it not affected him in any way, shape, or form because he's that good and everyone loves him overall. But Shinsuke, who's got nothing going for him on SmackDown, really could have done with just a momentum-building win.
2: Yeah. Well, I think he. Um, it was good to start. He needed that that match, I think. He needed that kind of showing. It felt like a big match, the way it was treated during the match and the way the crowd were into it. Um, So I felt like he needed that performance because he hasn't really had many on the main roster, to be honest. I know his matches with AJ got better as they went along, but I feel like this was probably his best main roster match. And I feel that's probably more important than the result itself. Mm. It's just... Having a bit of a reminder that like yeah Nakamura can go, and there's a reason obviously why he's the champion mm. came up just short to one of their best, so
1: yeah on the night um, this is it really. But again, it's it was the theme throughout that SmackDown come up short. Their their mid card champion against the Raw's mid card champion and SmackDown just come up short and it's I know that obviously they're trying to tell some sort of story with this, uh, not that this week's episodes of Smackdown and Raw would tell you anything you wanted to know about that sort of thing um but you well know. I
0: wouldn't have minded it if there was a story behind it
1: exactly and maybe there will be I don't know um moving on from that then so AOP emphasis uh defeated the bar to I like to Shane. mention
2: the um... Are we going to mention
1: again. the twat? <laughs> there you <we> go. <laughs> yeah. I think, so it was during the entrances to this match, wasn't it? No. Well, it yeah. during AOP's entrance.
2: It was, he. He being oh, it no, en- the bars, Enzo Amore slash Eric Gamp mm-hmm. had snuck into the stuck into like the third row, I think, um, right in the right in the hard cam view during the towards the start of the AJ not AJ um, Shinsuke Seth, yeah. Seth match, and. You would sent us the video before I'd seen any SmackDown of him kicking off, but I didn't realise mm. that he would be that close. Mm. And towards the start of the match, when they were doing their, when they were getting the names announced and all that kind of stuff, um, I saw this guy sneak into the third row, wearing a ridiculous tra- like tracksuit and his hood up and stuff. And I was like, "Is that is that Enzo? <laughs> is that where he's at?" And I looked, at, and you could see, like from that point on. That was all I could see, and I was waiting for him. I was like, "Surely you'd do it during a match, something like that." Yeah, but yeah, he ended up doing it. Do you know when he did it? <laughs>
1: it's the worst possible time.
2: During the fucking foreign commentators <laughs> bit, where the camera's not on him.
1: I know that was that was just summed Enzo up, didn't it? And I mean, like...
2: <laughs> surely, like the man who spent as much time there as he did. If I, if what I've heard is correct, when the hard cam is on you. There's a red light on. That's how people know when to speak during their promos and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So surely, Matt, like he would know. Like, apparently, he was drunk. Yeah. But still. Was he Shall- Yeah, supposedly. I did not have heard that. And did you know, like earlier in the day he'd released a song which is supposed to be a, a kind of diss track on Live Morgan. Oh really? Yeah. Huh.
1: Um,
2: a diss track on what? On Live Morgan.
0: Why Live Morgan? Because they, they used
1: to, to go, be together. They used to date.
0: Oh that poor girl <laughs>
2: no. um so yeah, um
0: I was gonna say something like really
2: Ooh. Cause, yeah the, the camera's kind of cut back, and you can just about it's like they they obviously they weren't they weren't using that hard cam kind of view um and you could just about see this guy standing up and being chucked out eventually, and then all of a sudden the hard cam get back on it, and it's just a picture of um him standing up on his chair shouting doing his whole my name's Enzo thing. Uh, I think it was Razor just dead staring at him, staring at him <laughs> and being like what the fuck are Which you doing? Which
0: would be terrifying exactly. by the way. Um, you know, apparently Big Show told the ref because the ref was looking at it as well told the ref to start.
1: Yeah he did. You can sort of see Big Show wasn't particularly pleased by what happened. Um, well
0: according to backstage reports he was
2: pissed.
1: Yeah I can imagine.
2: I don't imagine they'd all be. Because they've the a first...
1: massive like shine off of them.
2: Yeah, then for the first few minutes, that was all the crowd were kind of focusing on. This always seems to happen with, say, Sheamus Seamus and Cesaro matches. Remember yeah. the Beach Ball?
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, it was it was stupid. I thought um, just seen if he'd got it in the ring, what would have happened?
2: <laughs> yeah. But,
1: like, if you can get in the ring as Enzo, I think the last match you'd go for is AOP versus <laughs> the bar with the big show on <laughs> the ringside. And, and, Maverick. and don't forget about PP. Um,
0: that, that, oh, that so really annoyed
1: me we should probably get on to the actual match
0: yeah because literally it's like 20 to 10
1: <laughs> so the the match itself was you know passable but the ending was just ridiculous and I I sort of fully expected that post pant pissing um, we would see Drake Maverick reveal some sort of device which it was all a like a water bottle or something to like show how much of a genius he was, that especially you
2: know, as you can clearly see the fact that he was squeezing something, <laughs> and I don't think it was his knob. <laughs> um,
1: but no, we didn't see that, instead, he just pissed his pants, and now we're led to believe that he's a pant pisser. <laughs> Which, let's face it, has Vince McMahon written all over it.
2: Yeah, that's the moment I saw that, I could just hear a laugh. he's pissed his pants damn it, it He looks like a pants. child therefore he has to piss his pants <laughs> oh how I love it
0: fuck off do you <laughs> know what I, I read this on Twitter and this is not me but it was like 205 Live summed up in two matches one they tried to steal the show one he pisses himself
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh dear um, so yeah AOP won that match which I think we all no, you went for the bar, Aiden.
0: No, I
3: didn't.
1: I think you did. You oh. said the big show would, uh, would help them win. Did
0: I? Yes, you yeah, did. Yeah, you didn't do very well, to be fair. I know I, know I, didn't, I didn't do bar, well, but <laughs> I swear I picked AOP.
1: No, you went for the bar. I listened back to it and everything. That's stupid. AOP <laughs> picked up the win, which I think was, you know, more needed. Um,
2: whole weekend was a write-off for me. <laughs>
1: following off from that, then. So, yeah, the next well more representation from two i five live Buddy Murphy defeated Mustafa Ali for the uh, Cruiserweight Championship or defended his Cruiserweight Championship really good match I thought I didn't think it quite lived up to the Super Showdown match that he had with Cedric Alexander but I thought in the 12 minutes that they had I thought they did a really good job
0: yeah I, it was a good, match, and good sure. to
1: see it like in the middle of the main guard as well
2: I think it was a, I don't know I think it was probably actually a better match yeah. Then the Super Showdown.
1: I think Showdown the crowd, uh, the Super Showdown, obviously helped.
2: Um, I feel like they they got the crowd into this one though, because it was the typical kind of they started off kind of cold and then they got hotter as it went along because the action just kept coming and coming. Yeah. And it was it was really, it was brutal. It was really hard hitting. Somebody like some of the stuff that Ali was taking, I was just thinking, why are you doing this to yourself? <laughs> yeah. Like the. The when he when he got pushed off the top rope and went backwards into the into the barricade, well that looked painful as fuck.
1: It did look painful as fuck.
2: Um, yeah, that was just a really good, fun, entertaining match.
1: And Buddy Murphy picks up the win, which I think probably I is the right decision. That one. I think they're they're holding off on Mustafa Ali as cruiserweight champion, uh, and much like as we were saying with we Velveteen Dream, I think that's probably the right approach to take with him. You just yeah. don't want him to peak too soon. But the thing, the, the problem with Two O Five Live is, unlike NXT, there isn't really a anywhere to go once you've reached the top of Two O Five Live. Yeah, like, I mean, you, you do like really a house
2: party and come to just, Raw just to be on, on the tag team.
1: <laughs> but they don't really, yeah, they don't go up to the main roster because you know they're cruiserweights and apparently cruiserweights can't hang with heavyweights, um, apart from do house party. Um, so you know put him at the top of the division as champion and then you know he probably loses some of his shine a little bit some of his appeal
0: I don't see why they can't just get scrapped 205 Live and just have it on
1: on Raw Raw and Smackdown I mean I think well they used to didn't they and I I think they just got lost in the shuffle yeah
2: I think having them exclusive to their own show is actually better for them um I feel like if he is to win the title, he would win it on an episode of 205 Live. Yeah. Purely because the whole kind of story is
0: he's the, the sole or yeah. I can't say I've ever watched an episode of 205 Live. I
1: have watched a few. It is good, to be fair. Yeah. Um, it just feels a bit second rate, not in terms of how good the talent are, but just, you know, the effort that goes into it. But if you if, the crowd hey, this
0: weekend, for example, I've watched TakeOver, I've watched Survivor Series, I've watched Raw, I've watched SmackDown. And I'll watch NXT tomorrow, probably. And then if I have to watch 205 Live as well, <laughs> it's the longest. That's a lot, of, it's a lot of work, isn't it?
1: It is. It's a lot of effort to get through. And a lot of the time with 205 Live, it's, there's not enough of a payoff to make it worth it. But at the same time, when there is that payoff, the matches can be really, really good. Yeah. Um, all right, so moving on from that then. So we had the 5 and 5 men's elimination match done with Team Raw consisting of Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre, Braun Strowman, Finn Balor and Bobby Lashley, with Baron Corbin as captain and Leo Rush at ringside, against The Miz, Shane McMahon, the best in the world, Rey Mysterio, Samoa Joe and Jeff Hardy, who was Daniel Bryan's replacement. Um, I mean, not a bad match in any stretch of the imagination. but the
0: beginning bit
1: didn't fucked me right off. Didn't live up to previous installments. No. One of which we happen to be watching right now from 2016. Um, I think that's probably more to do with the lack of perhaps star power as such um, in the match. I think we mentioned it last week. It did, that's Team Smackdown particularly seems just to just be missing, missing something. Uh, and I think overall this match was just missing something. Um, but, I mean, good story throughout for um, Drew looking... Particularly dominant, Um, especially against even members of his own team.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, we say that, but Braun got four or five eliminations. He did,
1: but that's Braun at the end of the day. He's going to, isn't he? Do you
2: know, the only person, and we'll see it in a minute, the only person to ever eliminate Braun in a 5 on 5 Survivor Series match is James Ellsworth.
1: James Ellsworth.
2: (laughs) Um, James Ellsworth wasn't in the match. No, but he. He holds he his foot as he was getting in, getting in the ring and getting so counted out. He
1: counted out, doesn't he? Um, Other
2: than that, he's, never, he's, he's been in a Survivor Series match since
1: 2016. <laughs> um, less said about James Osworth this week, probably the better. Yes, true.
2: What's weird is we're watching this 2016 match, and as was the case in 2017 and 2018, Shane, Shane McMahon is McMahon in is. Is it, <laughs> as was the case in 2001.
0: <laughs> so yeah, Shane McMahon needs to hang up his boots. But he's the best in the world. Oh,
1: he's really not. Um, so, the most... Probably what's drew the most most ire from um, people online is the fact that Samoa Joe got absolutely screwed over in this match. I know that... I don't Drew's, get it. You what? I don't get it. You don't get it. Or, I thought you said I don't care. I don't get it either. I know that Drew is, like, the next big thing to coin a face from Brock Lesnar in 2002 or whatever. Um, but... Samoa Joe man he didn't need to be done like this no f- unless he's got some me, sort of injury from
2: my my point of view is that if you, if the whole plan was to do that for someone from the beginning just don't put Samoa Joe in that match
1: exactly he didn't need to be in that match it just annoys me because he's such a talent
2: that's the kind of thing where like they maybe could have used Miz for that
1: uh, I think I would have think that would have pissed oh. people off a bit more I mean not Miz but I mean if you had
2: to pick one of those
1: out uh, of those people on that team Shane Man. <laughs> <Never gonna happen. laughs> um, but yeah, it was just really disappointing. I think I get it. Drew's a big deal now, and and to give him someone like Joe to like beat easily is like a big thing. It's, yeah, it's it's, it a makes him feather in his cap. Legitimizes him, and yeah, it's big, big feather in his cap. But at the same time, like Joe's not exactly had much to do on SmackDown. Not great for his career. No, that like, he's the first AJ. Yeah.
2: Which is obviously isn't easy. Couldn't be AJ despite having four or five attempts. Mm.
1: So... It hasn't done anything since.
2: Have him just lose Survivor Series straight away. Yeah. Just... Yeah.
1: Not a good sign. So he was eliminated. And then um, I think things sort of calmed down a little bit. Um, I can't really remember the order of eliminations if I'm honest. Um, let's see what we've got here. So yeah, Smokey Joe goes out. Then Finn gets eliminated by Rey Mysterio. Did anyone see when Finn just rode all over Miz's face? Did see that? Yes.
0: That yeah, was... that that looked painful, yeah, pretty painful.
1: Um, and then Dolph Ziggler was eliminated by Shane McMahon. Um, Dolph must be well pissed. Doesn't he? <laughs> can't catch a break, can he? Coast to coast on uh, on eighteen minutes jeff hardy and well then essentially it became the braun Strowman show didn't it so they could
2: have i forgot he was in that you could have used jeff hardy for that they could have used thing.
1: jeff hardy yeah i would have got um some good heel heat for drew as well exactly
2: doing it on a baby face yeah or like, rem stereo instead of pissing off the internet fans yeah <laughs> you were just pissed off the girls and the kids <laughs>
1: yeah um and who cares about the girls and the kids eh? So, yeah, then it became a Braun Strowman show. James so. it's about the girls oh, who Oh, don't, f- don't go there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, Jeff Hardy dirty, was his dirty first. Diddler. Jeff Hardy was his first victim. Rey Mysterio quickly followed. The Miz was a couple of minutes after that, and then a couple of minutes after that, Shane. So, Braun Strowman just ran through the SmackDown team at the
2: end of this match. Saw the customary Shane Elbow through the table, which we're about to see in a couple of minutes here. we saw... Coast to coast, and one failed. Coast
1: to coast, yeah. I, I just, you know, I was disappointed in the fact that Bobby Lashley made it to the final, you know, where he was on the souls, he I was one of the soul survivors on
0: Survivor Series.
1: That's true, um, or even
0: back have, in the WWE for that
2: matter. Kind of free soul survivors,
1: I know. He was a survivor on the team, um, and they just didn't need to be there. But you know, hey ho, so there was that match um moving on from that then this is where the things started to pick up a little bit yeah so ronda rousey versus charlotte flair obviously not the match that we were all hoping for but a match that people have been hoping for in other you know periods of time and i would say it it delivered it yeah. did the, deliver. the match itself was really really good i thought they had great chemistry um and Charlotte Flair, who can't have had long to really prepare you no know, parts of this match, did really great character work through the match. And then obviously, after, was a big talking point.
2: Yeah, this very much, it felt like a big fight for you. Definitely. The way that Michael Cole always loves to say. Yeah. Um, the beginning of it, it was kind of like a bit uncomfortable in that it was a bit scrappy and it was maybe... Charlotte trying to go into into Ronda's world a bit um, and then Charlotte kind of grew into it and introduced Rhonda into her world. Yeah. So I thought that was a good story. And the beatdown at the end was one of the most brutal. Like she did not hold back on those kendo sticks. No, shots.
1: she broke like two kendo sticks over Ronda's body. I
2: felt quite bad watching it um, for Ronda. Mm. She was getting cracked on like the top of the head. So, the side of her head the was bleeding. Her head, it was the yeah. arms. It was
0: when she instantly. was getting. Yeah, cheers for that, boots. He whipped my earphones
1: out. Shit. But yeah, it was the oh, welts on her arms second. and her legs.
0: I'll be back in.
1: <laughs> Matt's having a bear this evening. <laughs> Unreliable. Um, yeah, the welts on her arms were just unbelievable. Um... Just bruises all over her, blood coming from her ear because I think she got caught between like the ear and the side of the head, um, and just oh, absolute chaos. And Charlotte Flair, the crowd. I don't know what I was expecting with the crowd for this match, but the crowd didn't like Ronda throughout the match, yeah. which is surprising because a lot, not mostly, the crowd, live crowds in WWE, have been very pro Ronda. I get that she's been up against Becky Lynch so that's probably not helped her but she's up against Charlotte in this match Charlotte for all intents and purposes is like the Roman Reigns of the women's division she gets a lot of bad heat for no real reason
2: the only reason that she's been getting booze like that is is because of Becky Lynch in the months leading up to it before Becky became hot she was the most popular babyface that Smackdown had yeah and What she though? Well, inclusive of Becky, but when when they weren't feuding yeah. or when they weren't in the same program, they were they were like no one was booing Charlotte because Becky was more popular. People
1: booed Charlotte from Summerslam onwards, didn't they?
2: They were booing yeah, her fr- much. from when she got put into that Summerslam match. Yeah. Um, and I knew that when she turned, the crowd would lose their minds and everyone would love Charlotte again. Yeah. What pisses me off.
1: Is the the hate for Ronda?
2: Is it's totally unfounded for me mm. this hate of or people want her to go away and whatever because yeah that she might have had a prior career. But so does every Roman Reigns had a prior career in football? Roman uh, Randy Orton was yeah, in the was fucking a army. Old footballer. Yeah. Loads of people have, and since she's been in it, all she's done is a shown how much love she's got for it and how much passion she's got for it. B, every match she's had's been a good fucking match.
0: <laughs> the main
1: ones, anyway. The
0: well, yeah. She's only getting better as well.
2: And this this is the thing. This is what pisses me off with, with a lot of the wrestling fans these days. Is that um, it's it it's never cool these days to cheer the person you're meant to cheer. For. I know,
1: even if you have no reason not to.
2: There's literally apart from the fact that she's quite shit at Twitter. I can't really think of any real reasons to boo Ronda Rousey from no. a character perspective. Yeah. Um, and, but because we're being told to like Ronda Rousey, and maybe that there's some kind of heelish antics that Becky does, therefore, we should like Ronda and we shouldn't like Becky. But now they've told me that. So I like Becky and I don't want to like Ronda. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. You can like whoever you want. That's fine.
0: But pretty much you can like them both because they're on different shows.
2: That's, that's, yeah, that's the thing. They're they're both baby faces, one's on Raw, one's on SmackDown, being Charlotte and Ronda. You don't like you don't have to take sides. You can just Enjoy them both. Enjoy the match. Yeah. Enjoy the story. And just because someone is being presented as a good guy when you maybe want to see someone else, that other person's not there. They physically can't compete
1: exactly and it's not ronda Ronda didn't do it so it's not actually relevant to what's going on in the ring it's not
2: ronda's fault she didn't punch her in the face yeah so the idea that you can't like someone because wwe tells you to like them or suggests that you should like them is stupid to me it's part of the reasons why wrestling's not as fun anymore
1: (laughs) it is actually and and i get i get people like again you can cheer on boo whoever you want like at the end of the day that's your prerogative um, and you can have that whatever opinion you like on a wrestler, but to to take someone like Ronda Rousey, who is a massive, massive name, and suggest that you want her to go away or that in some way she hasn't earned anything that she's got, like don't forget, that Ronda's prior career was a legitimate fighter. She wasn't like in um, she wasn't an actress. I mean, she's done movies and stuff. She wasn't just an actress. She wasn't just. A celebrity. She
0: twice. And sort of... They made the title for her. Yeah. Because she was that good.
1: Yeah. yeah,
2: I think people forget the kind of cultural impact she's had. That's pretty much the reason why they have a female division in UFC now.
1: Exactly. And... Why... She's, she's a massive part of WWE's Women Re- Women's Revolution. Um, without her... Without her uh, being in WWE. Yeah,
2: without her being in UFC... The women would still be shit. Yes. We'd still be putting up with, like, Kelly Kelly in two-minute matches.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, the hate for on the Rousey just, I think, completely unwarranted. But, you know, each to their own. Um, and then, finally, the main event of the evening, Brock Lesnar, again, not against AJ Styles. So, again, not the match we were expecting, but the match we got was a pleasant surprise. Yeah, it was all right. You thought it was just all right?
2: No, I thought it was good. It <laughs> good. was just a bit, like, in the start, it was just too much of the same old shit.
1: Yeah, and but I think probably what shows you how good it was is that WWE, they do this with Brock Lesnar matches, obviously, where he dominates, and usually it ends up with him dominating and then winning. But um, And sometimes they get a bit of a comeback, but it's quickly squashed sort of thing. This one felt this like...
2: Is probably the longest period of
1: beat down. someone having an
2: advantage over Brock yeah that they've had you know in
1: years yeah definitely I mean AJ did a great job last year uh, with a comeback and but that didn't feel quite so believable when like and that was when, more
2: in spurts rather than just a
1: period yeah, of dominance when Brock was in the yes lock for the second time I genuinely thought he was about to tap out I
0: didn't. <laughs> at no point did I think he would lose the match but
1: it got me it got me, it got me to that point where I doubt if he would win
2: at no point did I think he would lose but the the near fall for that first Daniel Bryan knee is genuinely one of the closest near falls I've ever seen in my life yeah. it was one of those ones where I was just sitting it, kind of laying back
1: and it made me sit
2: up and be like oh fuck that was close <laughs> <laughs> I thought he got him
1: yeah uh, so and shout out to Daniel Bryan in this because Daniel Bryan is embarking on a, a heel character journey and this match you mean the is, new Daniel Bryan the new Daniel Bryan yeah and this match was the beginning of that journey really And was wearing black
2: didn't wear a shirt didn't do the S yes liked I liked the
1: ring gear did, thought the, that looked great
2: did the weird kind of um, like crawling
1: down the ramp kind of thing yeah um, and yeah he plays his character throughout really really well um, And I liked
0: the bit at the end
1: the laugh he was just laughing wasn't he
0: but it was like he sort of realised I know how to beat Brock Lesnar now.
1: I think it was more like <laughs> I'm still
2: alive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I haven't broken my neck.
2: Because yeah. the first, I, I was watching it, and when he went to do the first suplex, I was like, oh, here we go. And he did the first suplex and the literal first suplex landed on his literal head. <laughs> and I was like, for fuck's sake, I'm witnessing Daniel Bryan about to die here. Yeah. And I just, I wasn't for
1: it. <laughs> no one wants to see Daniel Bryan die. Um, but he didn't die. He survived and I came back and had a, a hell of a show in again, probably the closest anyone's come to beating uh, Brock Lesnar uh, in recent years, apart from Roman Reigns, obviously. Um, and yeah, just I thought this was a really good Brock Lesnar style match, which still ended in the normal way, with a, an F five and a one two three, but which gave some hope that you know Brock Lesnar can put on good matches when he wants to, against a good opponent. Yeah, and he's willing to to let someone get some offense in on him. I just wish
2: these these matches all lead into to one another so someone seeing the vulnerabilities and using that in
1: their story. His balls. Oh
2: yeah. But I mean like last year when AJ took it to the limit, since then it wasn't like, like, I don't know, Roman or something like, I know that I've seen AJ take you to the limit. Therefore, like, I know I can beat you, that kind of stuff. It's just, oh, I could beat you because we faced each other loads of times before. Yeah, It was like, no, no match, no one match leads into the, the, the next with Lesnar. Um,
1: because they're so far apart.
2: Yeah, it's hard. But, yeah. We'll just have to see what he does
1: at Royal Rumble. If he's there. He's not booked to be there, is he? Apparently not, but...
2: Obviously it depends if Royal like can,
1: can beat Baron. Yeah. So survivors Survivor Series. So, I mean, there is Royal and Smackdown this week, but if I'm honest, they were both really shit.
0: Yes, they were.
1: I mean, parts of Royal right? The Seth Dean segment... Multiple segments throughout the night. Yeah, I think definitely the, the, where they're heading their main storyline now. Obviously, Universal Championship is off the show for the foreseeable future. Boring. So you know, the Intercontinental title takes its place as the main title on the program, and this this feud obviously is is getting off to a pretty decent start. Um, you know, I'm quite keen to see where it goes. And Dean Dean Ambrose is going from strength to strength each week.
2: Yeah, and. Again, this is one of the things I always point out about wrestling fans these days. I just can't anymore. I just can't deal with them.
1: You <laughs> just can't deal with them. Um, why? What are you going to say? Oh, because I know what you're going to say. Yeah. I know because exactly what, what your gripe is.
2: I I can understand the frustrations and stuff, but people who
0: say right, they want... You see before you get into this, I've got to go. So see you later, everyone.
1: Uh okay sorry. Sorry guys. That's all right. So we'll um we'll catch you next week Matt Yeah
0: sorry it's been it's been a bit of a shit one for me disrupted. today. <laughs> I've bit had a bit disrupted. Annoying dog and an annoying <laughs> car outside
1: All right. Cool. We will well, catch you. I hope you, you told that criminal what's what. What's what. <laughs> right.
0: Thank you very much and I'll see you next week.
1: So see ya. That's my catchphrase. Nah. <laughs>
0: See stolen.
1: See ya.
3: See ya.
1: Boy. So yeah, Dean and Steph, what are you going to say? I know what you're going to say, but what are you going to yeah, say? Yeah, you
2: know what I'm going to say. But people who go like, we need more edgy content, we want it to go back to the ruthless aggression here. we want the attitude to hear back and whatever. And people go, oh my God, I can't believe they're using Roman Reigns' cancer to further the storyline. I can't believe Dean Ambrose said that. I thought, personally, that line was fucking brilliant. The, not just that line, but the way he tied into it, saying that the, the whole story being that we've, we've been rotten from the start. We've done terrible things. We were bad people. And for Roman's actions in the shield, he's got to answer to the man upstairs. Not explicitly God.
1: <laughs> Talking about a <Vince> man, obviously.
2: <laughs> um, but for your actions, you've, which is even worse, you've got to answer to me. Yeah. That in, in itself, as, as a sentence or as a, as a phrase or saying,
1: I think that's brilliant. I think that, that is a well-written line. Yeah. I think that's brilliantly It's written. not
2: like, ha-ha, Roman Reigns got cancer. Yeah. It's not that. It's not like that. And people go, oh my God, it's such lazy writing. It's
1: still quite respectful as well of Roman's situation. Yeah. Like there, not there was no
2: mocking of it. Yeah. It was... It, it's, it's a fucking story. It's not real. Hmm. Dean obviously doesn't think that. Yeah. He probably wouldn't have said it if he wasn't comfortable with it, and if they hadn't been Roman. Roman.
1: Yeah.
2: I'm sure Roman's been like, "Yeah, you can as long as it's tasteful. Yeah, you can do what you want." Um,
1: it keeps mean, him relevant at the end of the day.
2: Exactly. So, I I think it, I I don't have a problem with it. If someone was to say that on a TV show, on a fictional TV show, it would not even get thought of. No. Nah. But I know it's different because it's happened to real life. It's happened to somebody in their real life. Yeah. And obviously it's not something that you want to kind of make light of or joke. But they weren't doing it like that. And I thought I, I was fine with it. I can see maybe why some people would be offended. I but... get the
1: initial shot. But like to go as far as calling the writers classless and need to be fired and all of yeah. that I mean come on
2: like people say it was lazy writing for me it wasn't it was I inventive think it's very writing. detailed and like it's it's one of those what we talk about with NXT it's one of those little detail things that add to a story because instantly that gets right up Seth's back yeah and and it gets the crowd like yeah it, it gets the crowd against Dean it gets Seth fired up Gets Seth more motivated adds to the story it just does so much more good all round than it could possibly do harm
1: yeah exactly I I don't see how this is a bad bad thing it's not tasteless I think it was done well it gets heat for Dean Uh, it gets the crowd on Seth's side because you know with Dean's newfound character as we've discussed throughout the podcast people are going to cheer and who they're not supposed to cheer which is fine but I feel like Seth could be a victim of that I think Seth being booed is probably out of the question, but perhaps against Dean he would come across as second favourite, you know?
2: Uh, yeah, I think like people forget the amount of shit and stupid shit that was in the attitude era. Yeah. And some of the some of the stuff that they said and did back then, people would lose their minds over now. Mm. Which is why you would can never bring it back. Well I mean or we had this, bring this recently back didn't kind we? Of content.
1: With with the Ron the Ronda Rousey Nicky Bella situation.
2: Yeah and i think for me when they get it right when they get like i don't really think it can get that much more edgy than it is at the moment without it without them kind of breaching their like tv rules all all the actual kind of rules that are around these kind of things i think like yeah there's obviously segments in the show which are stupid like the Drake Maverick wetting himself and all that kind of stuff. New Day versus
1: The Bar on SmackDown this week. Yeah.
2: Well, when they get it right, I think it doesn't really... I don't really see where else they can go. How much further they can take it. Yeah. So... Yeah. I I don't know what people want. They say they want a certain thing back and then they'll watch it back and be like, oh my God, I can't believe they said that. That's so offensive.
3: Yeah.
2: Like that story about fucking... The millennials watching uh, Friends for the first time and so determining it was a sexist piece of shit show. Yeah, that's what would happen to the Attitude Era now. Yeah, they'd get cancelled. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they would. Um, I don't think we want to go into Rob Smadman in particular detail. Seven Dean probably the, the highlights, highlight, yeah, highlight of highlights. the week. Um,
2: Seven Dean's right now. Um, my favorite story. Yeah. Um. There's little details, and some somebody, I say somebody, who I mention most weeks, that Myth GIFs page, yeah. posted a, um, a screenshot, not a screenshot, a, um, a GIF of a collection of images throughout the last few weeks, or years basically, with quotes from Dean Ambrose's Chronicle episode, yeah, or from Dean Ambrose's promo actually, of, is it, is a GIF of him and Seth together, and saying that you made me weak the shields together saying the shield made me weak yeah and the three of them doing their fist pose saying like this this made me weak and it's so it's cool to see it like that seeing like how it used to be yeah what it's turned into now um just a really cool analysis
1: and that that chronicle episode by the way is is again really excellent stuff yeah. credit to wwe's whoever makes these chronicles and 365 as well because they've been absolutely brilliant
2: yeah i've seen the guy um R- renee put out a tweet before it came out um tagging the guy who's like the producer the con- the, yeah the director producer whatever um so he's he's he was the one who's done the previous ones yeah um and yeah i put out a tweet and just said that it, it's done Even though it's based in reality, it's done more to further that story and help you understand why Dean did what he did.
1: Yeah.
2: More than what they've done on programming so far.
1: And perhaps the greatest thing about Dean in this uh, show is that it's really hard to tell what's real real and what isn't. Same
2: as with Samoa Joe's one. Yeah. And I like that they've actually used parts of the Chronicle episode to further the storyline.
1: Yeah. Well, Seth mentioned it, didn't he? Yeah and I think yeah it's just really great that um, WWE have this extra avenue that they can now use in storylines because I think they need yeah since since
2: they got rid of talking smack yeah which was probably their only other outlet of
1: character development
2: it's kind of it's really useful and they're just really interesting to watch and like Dean Ambrose has always to me been a kind of intriguing character he's the kind of guy you don't know a lot about yeah and even still, I still don't know a lot about him after watching a, an hour episode of yeah. the last four months of his life. But you know more. But yeah, he's just one of those characters where you just think, like, I'd like to meet him for a day, yeah. but I'd have no idea what I'd talk to him about.
1: <laughs> or whether he'd be in any mood to meet <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like he wouldn't at all. Um, but yeah, so Chronicle was great. 17 stuff is really, really good. The rest of Raw was pretty um, missable, t- honest
2: just sticking with this story actually i tell you what else I do like about it is um, mentioning the Chronicle episode and how he's how he was saying how wrestling's the only thing he loves and what he loves about it I can't remember if Seth actually mentioned this on I think he did
1: and he never seen never heard Dean Ambrose say the word love in
2: like, it was about how um, all Ambr- well, at the, the very start of the episode Ambrose was like he just loves being in the ring and yeah. having that combat with someone it's like it's quite therapeutic and it that's like just getting out all that aggression and makes it like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But throughout Raw he spent the entire role running and hiding from him. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: I think that's just a good little side story to that in that he says one thing but he does another, which is what he should do. Yeah. Didn't I wasn't a massive fan on the oh you people smell thing.
1: Yeah, that was a bit weird. And <laughs> But it was done in a newish kind of way. Yeah. Like,
2: what is that smell? Yeah, people were like, oh, is it the smell of Los Angeles? And people like, oh my God, I can't believe you just said that because there's been fires. <laughs> like, no, that's not what they were getting <laughs> at. Maybe earlier in the night, the dismemberment line from Stephanie was a bit, <laughs> the dismemberment is a bit of a corporate liability. <laughs> Maybe that wasn't the best choice of words. Surely that was done on purpose, but why the fuck would they say that? <laughs>
1: yeah. Um... Yeah, the rest of Raw, I think, is fairly worth.
2: Braun fucked his elbow up.
1: Well... what he did. So, apparently, um, Braun has an, a legitimate elbow injury. Yeah, she supposed needs to, get, to write him needs off. needs to get checked for, out.
2: Till TLC. Um, uh, yeah, it was... a great,
1: great first match to come back to.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, they say it's supposed to be like a... Um,
1: it's like a keyhole we, surgery. We, we hope
2: he's ready till... We hope he'll be ready by then. Yeah. But I don't know what they're going to do at Royal Rumble if he's not.
1: Well, yeah. But given WWE's recent track record of things not going right for them, I, I wouldn't expect of Showman to be ready for TLC. So someone will yeah, have to this, step this in. Is,
2: this, is, this will have to be their biggest injury. I don't know, use the word crisis, but their biggest spell of injuries yeah. for a good few years now. So I remember there was that spell like two or three years ago when everyone just got injured. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just seem to be very consistent with injuries at the moment. It's crazy. There's so of, much of it. this morning of um, them apparently considering making Alexa Bliss the general manager, because uh, they've currently just been taking it on, like, a week-by-week basis with her, just, right, we're expecting you to be ready in two weeks, and then two weeks comes and she's not, and they go, all right, we'll give you another two, three weeks, and then she's not.
1: <laughs> like, um, what, do we actually know what her issue is?
2: Supposedly, concussions, as far as I'm aware, like... I, I definitely saw that she was in a four-on-four four four match. And I saw a clip of her in the match just a few weeks ago. Which made me think, oh, she must have been... Are you sure like, you did? Yeah. <laughs> if she must have been cleared and she must have fit. So, sure we'll see her back in action soon. And then they were like, oh, yeah, she's the captain, non-competing captain of Team Survivor Series. So, all right, never mind.
1: I tell you, if Alexa Bliss is, is done with wrestling through injury... I might be devastated. Yeah, I'll be <laughs> devastated.
2: because um, she's yeah, she's been one of the best and one of the bright sparks of the women's division of WWE in general over the last two three years. Yeah. Um, and that would really really suck, especially because she's still really young as well. Yeah. So hopefully not. I like if she was to be put into the general manager role, I'm sure she would do well. She seems to do well like wherever it is she's given. Yeah. Um, and she can talk and she knows how to get over and how to get heat and all that kind of stuff. And it would be a good juxtaposition with having a baby face paid on Raw. And then they can be the whole, look how progressive we are. We've got three women out of four pro- like corporate positions.
1: Yeah. But, uh, I just uh, I don't know, man. If Alexa Bliss is, is done, this has been the worst yeah. two years in WWE history for injuries.
2: I was having a think earlier as well I can't really be asked to talk about Paul and Smackdown that much <laughs> I was having a think about like, How people say WWE is boring these days And nothing happens <laughs>
1: There's but more I mean, stuff that goes on outside of the ring when,
2: when you think about it And I know a lot of these haven't happened on like TV Well actually only one of them really I'm going to say All right, So when the year started we had Raw 25 Turned out to be shit but Quite yeah. a lot of hype
1: was pretty shit to be fair
2: Enzo had this whole case yeah. so he got fired while he was the champion then Ronda fucking Rousey with the first women's Royal Rumble then Ronda Rousey comes up and signs for WWE Mm -hmm. then we had Mania then we have had the return of Daniel Bryan we've had AJ with a year long reign we've had people like Becky Lynch Daniel Bryan maybe Charlotte turning heel uh, Dean Ambrose returning turning heel Mm mhm Shane Ambrose... Um, Shane Ambrose? Shane McMahon becoming the best in the world. <laughs> the call-ups cool of people like Drew McIntyre fucking smashing it. Yeah. Braun Strowman being still ever popular. Um,
1: what? Roman Reigns' situation?
2: Roman Reigns' situation. Um, we've had the return and the dismantling of the shield.
1: Yeah. The big show came back?
2: <laughs> the big show <laughs> heel turned.
1: <But> again.
2: <laughs> um Kane's mask fell off. We've had a fucking return of Shawn Michaels. <laughs> His mask
1: fell off. Uh, yeah. And Triple H tore a peck.
2: Triple H, yeah. We we've DX had, versus we've the Brothers of Destruction. have had injuries after injuries after injuries. Fucking, we've had 3D effects on the <laughs> yeah, yeah. shows now. We bought WrestleMania tickets. <laughs> we bought
1: WrestleMania tickets. Yeah. Fucking, Probably the biggest news of 2018. A
2: fucking shitload of stuff has happened. Like, yeah, we've had a lot of injuries. But it's part of the course, really. It shouldn't be, but you got to take them as they come. And like when you, I suppose when you look, if you if you were to look at it now, compared to maybe how it was this time last year, you look at some of the major differences. I mean, like Seth Rollins for me is the undisputed face of WWE. I know you've got AJ, mm. but like Cena's hardly around anymore yeah. so they can't rely on they've barely been able to rely on him he's literally had a handful of matches this year yeah so I think you've got Seth you've got AJ we have to take we have to remove Roman from that now but probably Braun you've got Braun and they're your top three mm-hmm. most popular baby faces. I yeah. think
1: yeah Finn Balor maybe
2: and then in terms of the Heat, not that they're doing much to help him like Miz has had another great year
1: Daniel Bryan is now Daniel a heel. Daniel now a heel. <laughs> Samoa Joe's been great.
2: Yep, Samoa Joe's like cemented himself as the main event guy that we all thought he would be, mm. apart from Survivor Series. Um the best of the world. still there kicking ass. So. Brock Lesnar's still the champion. So, yeah, I think it's in a much better position now as it was this time last year. Injuries aside... And obviously the departure of Roman Reigns aside. Yeah, I just think it's... Although we, we shit on it a lot, I think this is probably one of the, for me, one of the best eras of wrestling that, that I can really recall.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I've been so doing I some, when, some... When
2: people look back at the older stuff, Yeah. nobody analyses it as much as how they analyse the current day stuff.
1: Yeah, exactly. So they
2: gloss over a lot of the shit.
1: I think and that's what i was i was gonna perhaps mention i've been doing a little bit of like watching some old Raws and stuff so i've been going back to i was listening to the bruce pritchard podcast on the um on, on the montreal screwjob and that just watching the Raws in and around that whole sort of period and like aside from brett sean and taker and austin and i guess owen hart and, and a little bit of the rock like the rest of raw yeah is absolutely this is the thing,
2: when i watch attitude era Raws. Outside of the start of the show, a little bit around the middle of the show, and then the end of the show, it's really not good. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really not. Um, but because the crowds were better, and because people didn't
1: care so much about the sh- like stupid shit that's going on. People didn't analyse it to death, which I know... People just... Rich coming from us, because we're a podcast that analyses it to death. But... Yeah. But people will just be like, oh yeah, this guy's cool,
2: Like he's a good guy, yeah. we'll cheer him.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: what's weird listening to it back is when heels come out and get booed
1: yeah like and, actual booze
2: yeah and not just like a, oh I don't want to see this guy yeah, oh, or, this boring, yeah. or oh I don't like you because we're told to like you kind of guy it's literally mm-hmm. just like oh this guy beat up our favourite guy last week or something yeah and when he turned on our favourite guy we booed him, yeah. and we all called him an asshole. <laughs> we didn't go, yeah, he's finally turned. Like, I've been wanting him to be a heel so I can cheer him. Yeah. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> that literally makes no sense.
1: Makes no sense. Doesn't make any sense. But then wrestling doesn't make sense a lot of the time.
2: Yeah, wrestling in itself doesn't make sense. The fans don't help.
1: <laughs> they definitely don't. Um,
2: right. I talk like I'm not a fan. I am a fan, and I'm a twat. But...
1: <laughs> Your words?
2: I... I'd like to think I'm not one of those wrestling fans that people hate, because I feel like I'm pretty reasonable.
1: Yeah, but we do forget that there is a different generation of wrestling fan now. I know it's all completely different. Easily offended and don't like the same stuff that we like.
2: And well, they should just not watch it. it?
1: (laughs) Yeah, just don't watch it. (laughs) The constant. The the constant need. The world is a different place
2: a constant need to compare things like WWE to New Japan, you know, like, "Oh, it's so shit. We'll never compare it to New Japan." Don't watch it. Just watch Japan. Yeah, that's fine.
1: If you if you prefer New Japan, just watch New Japan.
2: Exactly. I like watching New Japan, but a lot of the times, I don't necessarily understand what's going on, or I look at some of the some of the matches or some of the stories and think, "Well, this is a bit shit," mm. and when you watch the kind of... If you try and watch... It's a lot better these days, but in the last... Like, maybe prior to five years ago, if you tried to watch a televised wrestling that wasn't WWE, it was all shit. It was <laughs> poorly produced. It looked shit.
1: Everything was rubbish. It sounds shit. It sounded shit.
2: Like, TNA went through a period when they were all right, and then it all just went to shit. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, so... Yeah, I like other stuff. I'll watch it when it's on. Like, if I know there's an event coming up for, say, Ring of Honor, if there's a match that I want to see, I'll go and watch it. But I won't be like, wow, this match was so good, better than anything WWE have ever done. Because I know that's probably a lie.
3: Yeah.
2: And people who spend all their time ragging and shitting on WWE, they were probably the only reason why they're wrestling fans now because they grew up watching WWE. Yeah.
1: So, yeah that's definitely true i think um the whole new japan thing So obviously the comparisons i think you compare you're not comparing uh, apples and apples you're comparing apples and oranges with new japan and wwe obviously new japan is a great in-ring product with great wrestlers and great talent but from a production standpoint I'm not saying it's bad, but comparing that to WWE is you, you're completely exactly. mismatched.
2: When you think about Raw and SmackDown being put on week after week and making it look the way it does, and how everything goes smooth, do you ever? How many times do you see the camera cut to the wrong place, yeah. or um, very, very the rarely. microphone cuts out, or a, cam- a promo stops early, stuff yeah. like that? It doesn't happen. Someone turns up. Drugs or drunk like Jeff Hardy did exactly, I and I think. And like, I know we probably do it sometimes, but when people pretend to, to know what's going on and be like, Oh, yeah, um, Vince is just burying this guy, there's not the case. Mm. At no point would Vince ever be like, Yeah, call this guy up because I want to fucking destroy him. Yeah, that makes no sense.
3: Yeah,
2: and for. People always go, oh, it's going to be so much better when Triple H takes over. I don't really think that's... I don't know how much different it's going to be should he even take over. Because booking things like NXT and 205 Live have such a different audience and such a different reach to the main roster. And they they fulfil
1: different obligations. Exactly.
2: You have to cater for so many different audiences and you have to do so many things in terms of advertisement advertisement and the kind of deals they have with television networks that they're not restricted to when when they're their own network content yeah so people go oh yeah triple h is gonna save the world and then it's gonna go back to the attitude it's not i, I really especially for the first few years can't envisage it being that different no. um and i feel like a lot of it would just be out of respect for vince a lot of it will stay how it is I think so. and you just have to fucking deal with it
1: <laughs> people are gonna have to get over that
2: so just uh, I don't know bit of a a bit of a rant wrestling rant (laughs) rant. there's so many things that make wrestling not not enjoyable to watch or or involve myself in these days and it's stuff that it shouldn't shouldn't bother me or annoy me because it's things that back in the day wouldn't even know yeah
1: that's a good point actually I would
2: just sit there and I'd watch wrestling and be like wow that was that was a good fun. episode of Raw. I wouldn't even be able to go on the internet and be like, oh, the real reason why somebody lost that main event match. Mm. I don't like, tell me next week on Raw yeah. why they lost.
1: And I mean, if, and I keep harking back to the, me listening to the Bruce Pritchard and, and Conrad Thompson episode of the Montreal Screwjob analysis. If something like that happened now, it would be nowhere near as big a deal because yeah. everyone would know about it beforehand, the contract situation. I know a lot of people did anyway. Everyone would. Um, There'd be reports have an coming opinion. out the
2: day of the show, like insider sources tell us that WWE are planning to screw Bret Hart yeah, exactly. or something like that. So when it happens, you'd be like, "Oh, yeah, I read about that earlier."
1: Yeah, um, and you know, it just wouldn't be as big a deal, and it wouldn't ha- like it definitely would not have the same impact on the industry as that did. Like that is the single biggest moment in WWE's. It sounds like a big stretch, but it is probably the biggest moment in WWE history. Yeah, well, it's a massive turning
2: point. Uh, it goes back to I'm on the brink of extinction. <laughs> it's it's similar to people going, oh, they never WWE never surprises anymore. Everything's so predictable.
1: What a surprise! Screw Bret Hart.
2: <laughs> but do you know why it's so predictable? Because you fucking read up about the spoilers the day of the the day before the show. Yeah. Like, for me lately, things like never saw Daniel Bryan turning a heel. No. Never saw Charlotte doing what she no. did. No, no, and. I take those moments and I enjoy them. Yeah. But things like um, people reading the spoilers as to um, oh, um, Becky Lynch is set to drop the title at TLC she's cleared to compete and stuff like that. I think like why do you want to know that? Mm. Because now now that I've seen that I go oh like, yeah Becky Lynch defends the title against Asuka at TLC instantly I think oh she's going to lose.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it just enjoy it. And
2: no. a lot, a lot of it is my fault. I, I follow these you pages these that report these kind out. of things. Yeah. I, I, but like, same with Becky Lynch on SmackDown. I, I didn't necessarily want to, to know that she's concussed and was in doubt for Survivor Series. I would have rather just found out on the show mm-hmm. because when I watched it. Well, I know they announced it like straight off the bat, straight from the start, but. That's how I would have watched it as a kid. Yeah. I would have been like, oh, Stone Cold's going to be out for the next year because he got run over. Not like, oh, Stone Cold's being written out next week <laughs> yeah. because he needs to go away and have neck surgery. Yeah, that's a good point. So I, I like to still try and watch things how I would have watched them when I was a kid. Like an example
1: is the Braun Strowman incident from this week, isn't it? He's yeah. been written off because he has a, a legitimate injury and he's taken care of.
2: So now I'm not going to be like, oh, what's going to happen next week with Braun? Is he going to come back and get his revenge? Instead, I'm like, oh, I know he's probably not going to be. he's out
1: till TLC, sort of thing, you know. So yeah,
2: because what what I wanted to talk about the other week was when I went to the house show. um, There was these, um, it it kind of made me realize um, or remember what it's like watching it as a kid, Mm. because there was um, there were two sets of dads in front of you with their kids who probably would have been about six. Ish, five or six. And they were both, like, they didn't know each other or anything. They were both just sitting in front. So it was, like, um, dad, kid, dad, kid. In that order of the seats. Um, And the kid in front of me, massive AJ Styles fan.
1: Who isn't?
2: Like decked out in AJ Styles gear. He had the gloves and everything.
1: Who isn't?
2: Um, At the start of the show, and they're like, you're going to see superstars such as blah, blah, blah and blah, blah, blah and AJ Styles and the kid lost his mind. He was like, Dad, it's AJ Styles. Um, He was kind of a smart, he was kind of a marky kid. um, Marky I think he was saying stuff like, oh, he was saying New Day sucks. I was like, what kid hates the New Day? Sorry, (laughs) What? um but yeah he he was like he was watching all the matches he was on he was standing on his seat but he was on the edge of the seat metaphorically (laughs) Um, and he was so into all the matches and then there was a point i went to the toilet and came back so it was about halfway through the show and the dad of the other kid had swapped seats with the kids now these two kids who didn't know each other were talking and they were like chanting along and they were like as if they were friends brought together through wrestling and they were both just loving it and losing their minds and shit and it just made me remember like that's how I used to be as a kid and that's how I wish I could watch it now but I know that I just never will
1: yeah I mean that's really great actually because it, it does mean that like despite the shortcomings that you know we all find in WWE programming and people of our age, we have all this access and we know everything that's going to happen and we know everything that's going on backstage. But these kids don't. I'm
2: sure as, as as a kid, it's still probably one of the coolest things you could ever watch. Yeah. Up until you get to like secondary school age, mm. but even to this day, I still think it would be really a really cool thing for you to watch. Definitely. Um, and any parents who go I don't want you watching that violent rubbish fuck off yeah Frankie <laughs>
3: they're
2: not allowed to bleed anymore that's your biggest problem
1: it's frowned upon <laughs> right okay so I'm going to cut you off there because you've gone on a bit of a rant
2: yeah if you need to stop me now.
1: <laughs> I feel like you're going to go to bed really angry <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah but um, I'll tell you what next week I want you to come up with some more reasons why the modern world has ruined wrestling for you.
2: This is one of the kind of early episode concepts that I wanted to do. (laughs) Remember Room 101? Yeah. That that
1: lasted a long time. (laughs) You'd just put like the general world in there now, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, probably. The 21st century. (laughs) Um, Okay, we'll stop there. been a long episode actually. Full of incidents and external factors beyond our control. Um, But... If you would like to interact with us on Twitter, um, and we went through stages where people used to interact with us all the time, but now I feel like people don't really care.
2: Yeah, it's died down a bit.
1: Let's down a bit. But if we bring it back up, back off the heels of a great PWP, hashtag PW50, you can follow us on Twitter, at the underscore PWP, and on Instagram, but let's face it. We, just we don't, we don't, we don't do system. anything on Instagram. <laughs> maybe we should start doing that. Um, and are we going to say, yes, maybe you should? I've been doing more tweets. Yeah. I've been tweeting my ass Two. off. <laughs> um, so, yeah, follow us on, on Twitter at the unscored BWP. agent. Where can they find you on Twitter?
2: They can find me sitting in a corner pissed off. <laughs> um, at
1: agent. <laughs> Better be pissed off. The pissed off. The pissed off. It on. took
2: me a while <laughs> when they started laughing at him. When he started speaking, it took me a while to be like, what are they laughing at? And then they were like,
1: he said urine. I was
2: like, oh. <laughs> really <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh. so yes they can find you at Aiden Bunker on Twitter and yeah. you can find me at Aiden Eight on Twitter and for Matt's sake you can find him at the bear M Bumby uh, Matt generally just replies with gifs calling himself the C word uh, so don't be offended if he does that um, but yeah that was this week's episode of the People's Wrestling Podcast thank you for joining us and we will see you next week